And we're back. You guys here last week's? <laughs> do you, uh, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you, do you want to say a word about what to expect going forward? <sighs> I'm asking for my own benefit as much as the listeners. Man. Is it just every couple months I'll get a text? It's hard hey, to man, say. That might like be uh, one out. that might be optimistic. It might be a couple months. It's so hard to do this. Have not you thought looking more about the Kubrick idea. It is so hard to do this. Not looking at you. Don't get tackled. Uh, yeah, I have. I think I have to move the microphone or something. I don't know. No, I'll keep going. It, it is odd. I guess not I could me. start by saying that for the listener. One of the big reasons Alex doesn't do the podcast is because uh, of his head positioning. Yes. This is awful. It is. In, in the room that we record, it's set up. The idea was that uh, the other podcast I do, we would shoot some videos, which we do uh, sometimes do. So we're sitting side by side on a couch the way that you would normally on a video. But the, you know, the microphones are straight ahead coming out of the table. And so, you know, me... Being a, a true autist, boy a autist, pure autist. Yes, uh, I don't make eye contact with people when I'm speaking to them. And I have girl autism, so I'm highly social. And so uh, I just look ahead, and my neck doesn't hurt at all. And this is excruciating. And Alex spends the four hours of the podcast is head cocked <laughs> in an unnatural position. Um, you know, I don't think it's an unsolvable problem. I've I've offered to uh to do it at his house whenever he wants. Uh that's we got a we got a chair over there. Me. Yeah, the, uh, I might hit the chair up. It's not a good chair. chair, it's a bad chair. It is a bad chair. We got two chairs actually if you'd like I kinda to. Kind of want to lay on the ground. But neither of them are good. I you know, we could set up a different microphone, but that one's not gonna reach the ground. Yeah. Maybe yeah, what if I sat Indian style on the ground? American Crisscross style. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had no way you're supposed to call it Indian style anymore. No, they definitely don't. I started to correct myself. My to, child will never know. I was going to call it American that. Indian style. No, <laughs> I was like, just, that's yeah, definitely. Crisscross. Yeah. I also, I guess the Lando Lakes lady's done. I, She's been done for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I knew that was in the mix, but I I confirmed it visually there was recently. A, a Fox News freak out. Oh, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Green Eminem one was good. I just love all that shit. Dude, yeah. It's been, well. They're taking our culture. No, our culture man. is advertisements for candy. Yeah, but Fox News is hitting so hard these days. I wouldn't know, and you would. It is nice, man. Uh Waters World. Do you know about Waters? It's so hard I not to have look at idea. you. I'll stop saying it. Waters used to fill in, or he would come on Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, they, they all used to be fill-ins, you know? Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Uh, I think he stood tall with the boys when it all went down, you know, like internally. Mm -hmm. He was part of the, the old guard, mm -hmm. and I guess it worked out for him. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got that six to seven slot. So I usually catch the last 20 minutes of Waters World and then like the Jesus first Christ. 20 of Tucker. And mm -hmm. then my wife comes in the room and I put something else on. That's she nice. demands it. She hates Waters. He's very smarmy to her. Obviously, I, as you saw from my statements mere moments ago, there's a, you know, I, I can have a certain amount of fun. 
<laughs> but uh, I don't know. it feels like living in negativity a little bit. It's actually a pretty positive vibe. Tucker is much more vitriolic, I would say. Waters is having a laugh. He's That's having nice. a good time. I he, like having a laugh. Yeah, he gets, you know, Bill used to do the emails, you know, people mm -hmm. would send in. Uh, Waters. That seems pretty low rent. Yeah, well, Waters updated it. You can text him. So he gets that funny also texts. seems low rent. And it's, well, it's a lot faster. So, you know, the audience will be making jokes about stuff he said earlier in the episode. So I like that. Uh, and then, <laughs> dude, uh, dude, water's crushed. He's so dominant. I, this is almost like, uh, I want to get back to the Kubrick thing, but you really need video to do it justice. But water's had Carl Rove on, I guess before whatever the most, I don't watch this like actually every night, but like elections were going on, I guess. Cause mm -hmm. he was like counting how, you know, how many they were going to win. And, uh, all of them probably. Well, that's what Rove was saying, and they were very optimistic. And then I got the sense, like later in the week, that that was misplaced. Like, yeah, yeah, because uh, they didn't talk about it as much. <laughs> uh, but Waters just starts ripping Carl Rove's shoes and socks. That's good. And uh, like that. <laughs> he's so dominant of Rove. You know, like you can just see how Rove got bullied in the Bush White House, and because uh, Waters just like senses it, and <coughs> just uh, yeah. It, and he's right. Like he turned. It turned out, Carl Rove was wearing Allbirds. You know those shoes, like the most beta soy shoes of all time. They're like made mm. in San Francisco by a startup that was like a Kickstarter. You know about them? I looked over. Do you know about them? I uh, I I didn't mean to, but I I think I have a knockoff pair. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they I just look thought that okay. the good people at Reef were making a, a cool new uh, whatever. But well, they're like uh, definitely. You could tell Rove was like self conscious because he's like, no, no, these no, no are... this is something else I'm thinking of. These are different. Oh, okay. I've not seen the these before. They're like, you know, they they're just like shoes for people that work in San Francisco. Uh, but Rove had goofy socks too. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was trying to he was trying to justify it. You just got to own it with a bully like Waters. But Rove was like, "Well, actually, uh, a friend of mine sent these to to me. Uh, yeah, I, he be. invested in the you know." And Waters Waters then he's like, "Show the audience, show, show the audience what's going on up here." And and he gets Rove to like you know lift his one leg all the way up in this super awkward positioning just completely punking rove mm -hmm. and uh showing off the socks rove's trying to laugh about it and waters is just dance for me exactly dude the gleam in his eyes i've seen it before dude i, not I went to excel no it's not good uh, that's not how you should treat people <laughs> yeah dude and you could tell waters knew what he was doing because then later in the episode you know he gets hit with a text from the audience mm -hmm. they say jesse let's see your socks mm -hmm. you know he he's laughing no that's not me. and then he's about to do it it couldn't be and me. he goes i don't have the hip mobility to do that and then he waits a second and you can tell he's like mm, carl rove did it dude i can't you know be saying i have less hip mobility than carl rove and he's and then he's like so he just self-corrects but reveals the game because he's like, actually, I could do it. It's undignified for a man to be lifting his legs like that on television. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the pussy shit the rope does, that's yeah, exactly, simply not what I do. Dude. It's like, Waters, you're the man. 
But uh, I was reading a 2007 Rolling Stone article. What was uh-huh. it about, Alex? 2007. Well, D- discard the 2007. Just I was Carl reading. Rove. I was reading an article about a topic. <laughs> uh, what was dude, the topic? I don't know, man. John Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald Kennedy's assassination. Okay, okay. Come on, dude. <laughs> dude. I don't know. Yeah, all right. That's a good guess. Is my uh, my my autistic special interest at the moment should be fucking clear enough by now. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Uh, just referring, listener, to the conversations we've been having to this point. Um, I'm sure my JFK, you know, we can talk about it today if you'd like, uh, you know, I've, I've got some plans for IJB. We'll get into JFK. Don't worry about it. Okay. But, uh, they were just, uh, the article in 2007, uh, just had a funny little bit decrying. They were like, we used to have fucking good people stealing our freedoms. Okay. Like, uh, or not good people, but like Competent. interesting characters. Yeah. Uh, it'd be like, look at fucking G Gordon Liddy. It was compared sure. to Carl Rove. And like, yeah. uh, you know, fucking 1974, G. Gordon Liddy. He's the man. It's a strapping, yeah. Yeah, those were the boys, dude. Uh, although it is so funny, I guess it was, it, it, if you believe what I believe, it, the point was never the point. But it is kind of funny. The whole point of the break-in of Watergate was just to like, we'll get the psychologist files and show that he's crazy, you know? We've just come such a long way. Like I think there were a couple other, right? Was that the whole deal? It was just a Daniel Ellsberg. I know that that's part of what the plumbers did, but I think it's just part. That's yeah, okay. Because they also broke into the DNC. The 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 psychologist files were not. They weren't in the hotel. (laughs) I don't think that the. I I know that they broke into the DNC. Maybe the psychologist shared Watergate hotel was DNC. Okay, you ever seen it? I don't think so. It's really nice. Interesting. <laughs> like I, you know, it's a it's a building complex befitting of the place that it holds in history. DC is nice as hell, dude. It makes you feel like you're a Roman. Uh, you know? It's it's like along the river. Uh, Watergate. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, Watergate. That makes sense. Um, it's next to like the Kennedy Center, also along the river. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, it's it's cool, dude. I stayed at one of those nice hotels. I got a hotels.com little little package once. Okay. And we saw, I'm embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed, but I didn't enjoy it. I was like, this was dumb to see. And I got in a fight with my wife on the way back and just walked around DC for a while. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, not to put you on the spot, but that's pretty much every vacation. (laughs) What do you mean, me? That, like, you know, while I was walking around San Francisco after a fight. (laughs) Well, I was walking around New York after a fight. Yeah. Well, New York was not, my wife was not on that. No, no, no. But yeah, I didn't say wife fight. I yeah. said fight. Yeah, travel gets me riled up, dude. It gets the blood going. Uh, yeah, no, it's something I've had to work on. I, I, I also looked, I mean, you know, I guess I just wouldn't really uh, react by a walk. I would just kind of seethe quietly to where we were. But yeah, no, there was a, there was a yeah, time yeah. in my life where I like I'm like, do I just need out. to stop taking vacations? Oh because yeah, because fucking I just get furious everyone, and I was like, no, I need to you need to chill, need to dive back into the big book, dude. I'm, That's right. I'm like the actor trying to arrange every part of the play. That's a good way of putting it. Big book, it yeah. is. I was reading. I've been reading the uh, Adult Children of Alcoholics Big Book. Mm-hmm. It's good, dude. I, I bet it is. I think it's like uh, better. You could just take away of alcoholics 
and just have it be for adult children, which we all are in some ways. It sounds you know? nice. Is it written? Who's it written by? Adult Children of Alcoholics Anonymous okay. Okay. or you know, so it's like they wrote it in the nineties. I think okay. it was like uh, an Al Anon group. So probably none of them really took acid that much. I wonder, man. I mean, maybe later they did. And you Bill W. wasn't actually taking acid when he'd written Not the, when he wrote the, the big book. book. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think well when before. they wrote the 12 and 12 either. Maybe when they wrote the 12 and 12, though. Uh, whenever I was diving, I had a the, the period of autistic special interest that just lapsed was uh, Charlie Sheen. Okay. And uh, in his meltdowns, he I'd forgotten how much, he, like a big part, like the two figures of his ire are the creator of Two and a Half Men and Bill W. Really? He's like calling out, he's going out of his way to be like, he's a doddering psychopath high on acid until his last day. Like, he just fucking, he hated Bill W. I don't w, care for man. that, dude. Bill W's my guy. Yeah, that no, was my I, autistic special interest for a minute. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, I I have a lot of respect for him. A lot of not Tom Powers. You know, I'd like to villainize him, and it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's humanity in there too, for sure. I'm glad you say that. Uh, yeah, he had a lot of issues, dude. Issues with women, but so did Bill. So yeah. did Charlie, dude. Yes. You know? Yes. That's interesting. Charlie Sheen's still alive, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Is he acting? Not a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. That's too bad. Uh, I mean, I think that's probably <coughs> by choice. Like, I'm sure that they're not offering him big stuff. Yeah. But uh, he and Emilio would like... I, when I, one of the surprising things I learned throughout my research was that his whole career... Uh, he's done a lot of tiny, dumb shit that you've never heard of. Interesting. Like he and Emilio just like make a movie together that you, it'll never cross your radar. Huh. Uh, and like he'll, he'll do that all the time. He's got production companies. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, and so, you know, maybe the money dries up for those, but I can't even imagine that it's like that much money for those. Yeah. Plus he's got cash. I would think. Uh, you never know, dude. He's yeah. spending. True, true. Yeah, I can't imagine. I would love to be manic and with that kind of money. I would too. <laughs> it, it looks fun. I think I would outdo Charlie. Don't. You die. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in no danger of it, dude. I cured myself of all my mental disorders. He used the phrase banging seven gram rocks on ABC once. Uh, that's a... Uh, a quarter ounce rock? That's what he said. It's a big rock. It's a big rock. You just bang him. You bang it, dude. How do you even bang a seven ounce rock? Seven gram. Uh, or a seven gram rock. I mean, uh, you know, a little bit at a time, probably. I guess. <laughs> you said it. Uh, man. Same way you accomplish any big things. Yeah, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not just him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they do seem to smoke crack alone. Like uh, guy, rich guys who smoke crack. They all don't need of company. his, uh, you know, any time that he's, I guess I can't account for, like, I'm not sure that TMZ would have a story if uh, he was smoking crack alone, but they you have. You need like a Hunter Biden laptop situation. Yeah, yeah. But they. But that's mainly what I'm thinking of. That guy loves. They have a lot of stuff. Like the, the period in question, you, like TMZ wrote about, pretty much every weekend 
like yeah, what he true. was doing. Like someone partying with him was like, yeah, so we had a briefcase of cocaine delivered to the house. Dang. Uh, one of the, uh, where it like really started to pop off was uh, he and Brie Olson got a big suite for the uh, AVN Awards in Vegas. Hmm. Okay. And uh, is she dead? I don't think so. Okay. Um. Well, dude, that was a long time ago. Yeah, a porn star from like 2007 could be dead. 24. For the listener, that woman is a pornographic, a pornographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a, an actress a pornographer? I don't think. I, I would. I would think director. Yeah, me too. In Boogie Nights, her ex-husband calls her a pornographer in the child custody hearing. Mm -hmm. I always think to myself, I, technically, mm -hmm. but it seems like that should be Burt Reynolds. Although yeah. she started directing. Yes. So, so maybe okay. That's fair what he enough. Meant. Yeah. Maybe he was going to hold comment until. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't really, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel good at the time, but I can't say if I were that judge, I would have, with the facts presented to the judge, like there's no P.T. Anderson doing a movie, you know what I mean? It was just like, this woman was a drug addict. We're not together anymore. Uh, she lives in a house with the people she makes porn with. You know, you're a judge in the 80s. You're, you're going to say, okay. I don't like I don't like any part of this. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. I, I think movie. I'd have a real uh, hesitancy to take. Now, yeah. you're saying fucking drug-addicted porno actress that's living with other porno people. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know. I guess if you're not, like, you got to be tripped up by something, and boy, she's asking for a lot there. But I think what you need to do in any of those situations, and this is hard, and really kind of calls into question the entire enterprise, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, you need to be um, looking at the person, you know, like stare them in the eyes. See, yeah, you, you can I can't do that right now. I can't look do that right now. I can tell you're looking at me while you say that. You've seen my eyes, before but I can't do the thing. Come on, dude. Given our podcast setup, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I'll do whatever you want, dude. <laughs> no, this is good. I just you want to buy felt... a second couch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> place it across from this couch, face to face couches. Yes, like a bar. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, you this want would me to be do like that? a real studio then. Yeah. That would be awesome. Okay, next time. You're Thank here. you. No, actually, Instagram has me they about could to buy get this one in. They'd like takes things off. I haven't been on Instagram in a while, but an advertisement has stuck with me, and I'm gonna get it eventually. I think they're beanbag chairs that convert into beds. You don't want that. I do want it. Maybe not. I mean, I'm saying it could go well here. My but... uh, my friend Dan has a has a really big beanbag. Yeah. It's a it's a nightmare. No, these convert into mattresses. They have mattresses inside them, so they just have like beanbag stuff somehow, and you just like fold it a different way, and then it you can sleep on it. So it's like a, do you get, need you an know, extra sleeping sleep area? Yeah, I mean, we used to have a sleeper sofa for when people would stay the night at the house occasionally, and uh, before uh, I executed our cat. One of the reasons that we did was he rendered that couch unfit for humans. Yeah, that's uh, that story haunts me. <laughs> yeah, oh, I told you about being trapped in the cage. Yeah, and I think about it every day. <laughs> did I say it on the podcast? 
I don't know, but I'm sure if you did, it was months and months ago. So if I you'd know. like to repeat it. True. It, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a sleeper sofa. So to get it out of the room was very difficult. And I stripped all the cushions out, but some of them you couldn't take off the couch. And I was moving it by myself. My wife was not helping me because it was so gross. And I was just like, as, as the husband, you just got to bite the bullet and do this. And so I, I was just like shoulder pressing the couch and it got trapped in the doorway. So it was like being caught in one of those like big full body subway turnstiles, you know, the ones that like mm -hmm. turn, like <laughs> yeah. as if that had like Except. jammed you up with like just mattresses <laughs> soaked with cat urine surrounding you. <laughs> and it's fucking July, dude. Oh. It was so rough, dude. I screamed so loud to like summon the strength. <laughs> yes. And there's whole, there's still like a hole in the door from when yeah. I pushed it through. Like not, I didn't angrily punch it, but just like the door yeah, got caught up. They like scraped that far wall to get yeah. this in and they had to. It happens more than you think. I, you know, I think the mover will tell you. Yeah. They act like it never happens, but it happens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Now that we've uh, really entirely failed to answer Right. Beyond the Well, the neck thing is the big the main thing. <laughs> That's the main thing? <laughs> yeah. Is the huge. neck thing? Yeah. Why do we do it at your house? It's not it's not really workable at my house because of the dog. Like there's We've done episodes at your house like yeah, 20 I know, times. But my life is different now. You know, I got the kid running around more and the dog has nowhere to go now. Like uh I guess we could just put him in a bedroom, but I don't know. I'm not trying to torture your dog, but yeah. I'm also not trying. I'm not trying to invade your house. I'm just trying to present creative solutions. Yeah, I mean I, it's true. See, Plus, I don't even have microphones. I'm not trying to. You have the headsets. Yeah, but they don't. I don't remember. Something happened with them, didn't oh, it? No, they're fine. Okay. Oh, I don't like them. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. They're uncomfortable after an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So, and the lapel mics suck. See, and I only have the one good mic. I, uh, I, I don't, I've been asking in your words because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah, I've, I've all like, you know, I, I listen to, uh, your explanations and like, uh, uh, try to, and I like synthesize them on my own. And in I my head, I always, uh, emphasize the, uh, the less practical concerns, you know, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Whatever you're saying, like it's uh, it's 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 a hard way to go through life. Like if I, in, like I would just say that's proof that we're wired differently. I I my preferred way to go through life is living all of it as if I'm preparing for a podcast. Right, which is what you do. Yeah, uh, that's that's you know that's when I feel alive and engaged. But mm -hmm. I am coming to understand that there are other people who don't. Uh, I would don't say the like majority. That. I mean, I guess, I mean, a lot of people have podcasts, but I would have to grant that it is the majority of people who don't have podcasts. Mm -hmm. But I think that's just because they're not willing to go for it. You know, I used to think society that society crushed them. I used to think that they crushed their individuality out of them. I don't know. Not me, though. I podcast. See, I wonder if that comes from like uh, actually you and I, to a lesser extent, me, but we got crushed actually. And now we have like an abnormal need to be seen or heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think You're that's much right. more like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, other people just, you know, uh, felt just like, like they not, were seen and heard, period. Yeah. And they're like, 
Yeah, okay, good. I got everything I need. I don't know. I don't need to beg for strangers to pay attention to me. Not me, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I need the strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I loathe them. <laughs> no, I love the strangers. I like our audience. I don't under. I don't know much about them though. You know, the you most, never do. The most you're never gonna feel. If you, are very if you feel like you do, it's because you're delusional, not because you do. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. Uh. So yeah, what, uh, I don't want to do that. But yeah, no. I, so whenever you talk about that stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that makes sense. What but then, stuff? but then I ask you, why are we not doing it? And you're like, fucking head neck. Well, the head and neck is the biggest. Like that's the proximate cause. And then, so whatever you say in the other consideration, oh, not wanting to live your life thinking. Yeah, that's the big thing for me because. I do, uh, it turns out, I didn't really know this about myself much, but I would say the beginning of the, it's not the end, obviously, because we are podcasting right now, but where it started to falter was longtime life skills heads who know about the extended life skills universe now. We had our spinoff podcast, Success Movie Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Which I, I love doing, but also was constant, very miserable doing. Uh, yeah, that's weird. I know. <laughs> it sucked, dude. But I loved doing it, and I'm proud of uh, especially the good episodes. But it, it that was when we stopped recording Life Skills regularly. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. because I was constantly thinking about that. And then when that got ignominiously canceled, um, I just didn't want a podcast at all anymore because I just felt very relieved that I didn't have to do it at all. And then we did like one or two episodes and my neck hurt a lot. And then that's when I was like, fuck this, man. You know, I got to take a rest. Um, and then during the rest, I still kept like reading. And I uh, really, I would write in my journals a lot, like over the last couple of years. But a lot of that was just like taking notes on stuff I was reading. But... I really started just like I, I get, you would just call it journaling, I guess, just writing, kind of turning off your mind and just uh, letting words come out from the pen, which I don't know if like young people who didn't learn to write with their hands could do that, but they could probably do it with typing. So, and I started doing that too. I'm a, I have this little word processor from like 2002 that they made for schools that you don't have to put on a computer. Uh, and that was really liberating for me. I really liked doing it. Can you read back through it? Yeah, like Does four it like or five lines at a time. To the computer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you. It's kind. It's really cool because it's like an old technology, but with like a USB. -C, How'd you even find out about it? Some guy on Twitter that like write writes books, I guess. But mostly he writes. I can't remember the guy's name, but he he's like. I hate this shit, but there's a lot of people like uh, fitness guys or whoever. It's all about like creating your little cult of followers, kind of like the NFT mentality, you know? So mm -hmm. this guy like wrote one book and then he writes a million books about how to write books, mm -hmm. uh, which sure. And he sells those. So I guess he knows what he's talking about, but that's where, mm -hmm. anyway, he just said that's like a part of his writing process and he okay. tweeted about it. So it, it's called the Neo too. They're like, they go for like, 70 bucks on ebay i have two of them because my like the keyboard gets fucked up and stuff you know but uh 
Anyway, like I hadn't done that since really when I first got to Excel. When I first got there, we were supposed to keep a journal called our 10th step journal, mm-hmm. where we would, you know, obviously continuing, continue to take a moral inventory and when we were wrong, pers- promptly admit it. Mm-hmm. And, but I would just, when I first got there, I just used it as a journal about how much I hated Excel. Mm. And that's not okay. No, definitely not. And I remember like panicking. It might have been when she came in and started yelling at one of the sex kids about his like sex fantasy journal. Uh-oh. And I was just like, it was like in The Departed when he like first goes undercover and he has the wire and yeah, then he like yeah, freaks yeah. out and like goes to the bathroom and like rips it out in a panic, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was me like going back to the dorm and throwing my journal away, like ripping out the pages. Mm-hmm. Just being like, I'm gonna get fucking killed. Like, what am I doing? And I never really like freely wrote ever again after that. And I, it was kind of scary to do, but I really liked doing it. And then in doing that and continuing to read about stuff, I kind of realized a big part of for me when we started life skills, it was really a continuation of just when we first started hanging out as adults and verbally processing things because we both process things verbally, obviously. And uh, I like doing that. Like it's obviously a, a thing that I do. Like I, I have to like it. Uh, I get weird if I don't do it. But at the same time, in allowing the, yourself to like journal it out freely, it's similar to talking freely in life skills, but even more freely because there's no audience at all. There's no TC. There's not even really an Alex, you know, like there's, I'm, I'm, you know how you can kind of like turn off your brain as you're just like, if you're just writing what your train of thought is, or maybe you don't, but you can. A little bit. Uh, and then you can see what you're actually thinking. You know, they all, they all tried to peer pressure me in the uh, journaling when the pandemic started. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, yeah, and yeah. I did. By they, I think I mean you. No, I don't I just mean like, you, but I yeah, did. Yeah, it, yeah. it was like I started the fucking night that we tripped. Like the next day, I was like, I'm going to do this. Interesting. And I did it for like a month. Like, So I have an idea, but I, I did not leave that month being like, it's essential that I continue this. That's interesting because, you know, as you say that, I'm like, yeah, I guess I did journal after Excel, but not like every, I still don't do it every day, but I do it pretty regularly and I do it with no goal. And I definitely did it before we met when I had a problem. Like Mm -hmm. if I really had a pressing problem, I would write it out, everything I was thinking. I would do it on the Notability app on the iPad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I remember that's how I got to the decision to leave the law firm. And I remember writing, getting to the conclusion during the journaling of like, just go with the job that's offering you the most money. And that was a huge mistake. You needed a Uh, journal to tell you to chase paper? I mean, that's like, I needed to feel confident that that was the right decision, but I still, you know, no regrets kind of on that, but I can't, (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like you have some regrets. Yeah, I kind of do. Well, yeah, I do, but. There's uh, no kind of no regrets. Well, it's like the guy I am now is only the guy I am now because all that happens. And the guy that was journaling (laughs) in the hotel at two in the morning about like, I got to figure something out did need to figure something out. Like I was not happy there, mm-hmm. you know? And the my other options were like take an in-house job or go to a different law firm. And I don't think either of those would have worked out long-term. The in-house job, I would have probably messed up a friendship, you know, cause it was a friend that was gonna hire me. 
Mm-hmm. And I w- given what happens, the way I ended my law career, I wouldn't have want, wanted to have subjected him to that. The other law firm would have been more of the same. So it's like, I'm a little bit like Monday morning quarterbacking myself, you know? Dude, what do they do? <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I don't I'm even, sorry. <laughs> what is this? There's, Holy smokes, They're going dude. through, the guy like got paralyzed for life. Like 10 years ago. It, it, we're watching the... <laughs> <laughs> We're watching the Cotton Bowl, and they're doing a little. Uh, oh, that's him! Yeah, yes, dude. Like, it's like Devin Walker. The two is that showing safety. on the screen right now while he's sitting there like that? No, not not in the say, stadium. Dude, it doesn't no. seem like he appreciates the celebration of his career. But just anytime we got a big two lane game, we have to talk about the time that a guy got paralyzed for life and just show it over and over. I mean, that's that- an insane choice. But I, I apologize. This, no, that will not be good content for the listeners not currently I don't, watching I bet the they don't Bowl. do it every two-lane game. This well, is a bowl it, game, and he's there. I bet he doesn't No, they go. don't do it. I said every big two-lane game. This oh, is okay. two lanes on the national stage. Whoever is <coughs> announcing this game, this is the only time they've been anywhere near a two-lane game. Okay, okay. And and they're like, I know what we'll do. Yeah. I mean, we'll it's show a, the time a guy got paralyzed TV. for life. It's better than the guys just being like, this holiday, say I just want to hear about football. Family. What would it, what would it kill him to just tell me about you know what led to the success of that that the previous play or failure? Nah, people like the stories, the stories, man. They can't like that one. It's a sad ass story. Have you seen the show Friday Night Lights? Uh, a couple episodes. Certainly that's the the pilot. Yeah, that's the true. guy. You know, I don't spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can spoil it. It's pilot. compelling TV. You know, that was a they, that showed some missteps though, because then he takes his wheelchair down to the record store, mm-hmm. and already it was like, What the hell? You know, and he like rages out because they don't have the Nirvana CD that he wants. Well, I'm like, All I'd right, dude, this high well. schooler in 2005 or whatever, I'd graduated in 2005. I listened purchase to a Nirvana. Nirvana CD. I did already have the CDs, so maybe it wasn't that. 2005 either. It was, I don't know. It was around 2005. No, it was after 2010 because I lived in Dallas. No, the, you were just watching it late. I oh, started okay, watching okay. that show in like, so, the, the episodes I've seen I watched in sophomore year, which would have been 2006. Okay, fair enough. I went to the, the record store that he went to was in Austin. It was El Cheapo, oh. but it's closed now. It's nice. Dude, when I was in Austin over Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. this was bleak. I own vinyl records, but... I think I'm going to, I might sell him to my cousin if he makes me a decent offer, mm-hmm. but I doubt he will. Why uh, do you listen to him all the time? No, my record player has been broke for years. Years? Yeah. <laughs> I've been at your house when you throw on Facebook soundtrack or we've, whatever. We've known each other for years. I guess we have. Uh, we've been podcasting for two years now. No. This is year two. You're obviously lying. This is year three. Yeah, we're entering year three. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what do we have to show for it? You know? I'm pretty happy with the output. I actually am too. But that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of it was processing stuff and getting to the point of being able to journal like that. And then I realized when I'm freely writing, the minute you write it out, you're evaluating it. And you're like, you are your own Schrodinger's cat. You're a different person for having written it and then for having evaluating it, mm-hmm. evaluated it. And then you can literally like change what you thought or be like, that didn't ring true to me. This is actually true. And it just really was helpful. It made me much more fundamentally mistrustful of words though. 
That sounds nice, but I think I'd be lying to myself if I said I felt like I experienced that whenever I was doing the journaling. Yeah, well, you you what did you do that? Were you were you just like I'm going to sit down literally just whatever you're thinking about. So, yeah, if, that was the goal. If yeah. you know, we just had burgers, just uh the milkshake took too long to make. I don't know why the, the you know, and then you just you're off. Like that that was that's what's been helpful for me this time. And then okay. you end up writing about whatever it is you actually had on your mind by definition i'm looking at you again Ugh. yeah i just because i'm getting vulnerable you, about my journaling what do you think about this i kind of feel like uh living my life according to the free market of like whatever i feel like doing then is good and it works out yeah that's not true like if i'm mix. feeling compelled to read about jfk then i should just read about jfk all day okay yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, there's no time where I feel compelled to sit down and journal. It was always something where I'd have to be like, "Ah, oh, fuck, I forgot to do that today." Yeah, I, I mean, do that now. I definitely made a switch. Like, I like doing it. It's fun. It, it, I feel good after doing it and while doing it. There's still sometimes some resistance. I just have trouble changing tasks at all. Yeah. Um. But you can fold it into your special interest always because you can just start your journal just being like, I watched the JFK documentary. Yeah. And then just see what you I think. I mean, I took notes on the JFK documentary. You know, like I, I wrote down what I wanted to. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, and then I tried it out on you in line at the burger place and I feel like it didn't land. I'm needing to tighten it up. I don't care about the subject though. Like I, I just don't. I watched The Irishman again recently. I know that you do, dude. I don't. I that, like I'm like Al Pacino in The Irishman when JFK gets killed. I'm I'm just eating my hot dog. I don't care. Cuz I've I've we talked about it before and you you'll get you'll get <laughs> animated about the four, oh boy. Now we're just going to have to get a new couch. Fuck. Alex spilled some coffee on the couch. But don't worry, it wasn't just coffee. It also is uh, laced with ashes. No, it's not. Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to do? Uh, You know, whatever. Uh, there's some paper towels over there if you want to, like, wet them. Okay. Is that... Uh, probably should pause. See, this is all lame. Listen... It's a lamp that looks like paper towels, but also next to it, there's some paper towels. Yeah, we're just going to pause. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my All God, right, we're back. Motherfucker. Alex took this opportunity to solve the problem. He's now crisscross applesauce. That's right. <laughs> I feel good. Good. Uh, my chakras, chakras are aligned. My back would hurt in about two minutes. Well, I, that's why you got to build up your core. In your upper thoracic. It's, Just do this a little bit every day. It's going and it's also not going. Mm -hmm. Do that every day. That's good. Bit. For sure. Just, but you got to sit up straight. Yeah. No. It's good, dude. Or if you do the couch stretch, the original stretch video I sent you, mm -hmm. if you do it, it'll get your core and your chest going too. You'll start popping out your like diaphragm little well, muscle. You're talking about the Dr. Zach one? Mm -hmm, where he leans against the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do you call that the couch stretch? That's what it's called. Because you can also do it against your couch. See, I only do it against the couch. That was what unlocked it for me. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I can't do it against the wall. But then I was like, what if I tried the couch? You know who invented that? Who? 
Kelly Sturette, you know what he wrote? No. Supple Leopard. There you go. That's right. It all comes back to the Supple Leopard. Well, I'm actually more of a knees over toes guy these days. <laughs> you know about him? <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I've, I've heard about it from you, I think. He went on Rogan recently. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize this, but... I bought foot weights from off an Instagram ad mm -hmm. f that had a clip of Rogan. Of course, I'll buy anything. If it's exercise equipment, oh Rogan's, my god, dude! You know, Tulane's got a shot here. It's always the same formula of Rogan's talking to an MMA guy, and he's just like, "Your grappling would be insane if you got one of these." And I'm just like, "Yes, that's what I need." <laughs> that's where i got i have this thing that i strapped to my head and put weights on my head that oh my god <laughs> every grappler needs one dude. uh but i didn't realize that the clip of the monkey foot the monkey feet uh was joe talking about knees over toes guy because jamie turned joe on to knees over toes guy okay and Joe was like, respect. He was talking to an MMA guy and he was like, your knee would go, your flying knee would go next level. Like if you started doing knees over toes guy. And uh, do you want to explain what is knees over toes? He's the man, dude. He's fully, I'm, he, I, to my knowledge, he hasn't identified as an autist, but he has been single mindedly dedicated to the science of knee strength. For over a decade. The science of knee strength? Yeah. And he's a true pioneer, for real. <laughs> I'm a true pioneer in the field of knee strength. Yeah. Because uh, the what he's preaching is not in the textbooks. Although, to be fair, when I started showing my wife a lot of it, she just was she would just immediately name yoga poses. Mm -hmm. So it might be knees over toes guy just doesn't know about yoga and he <laughs> like, <laughs> thinks he's pioneering more. But that's, like, that's just men, dude. That's exactly. what men are like. Well, dude, get this. So they just take the shit women have been doing for decades and they just come along and are like, this is my idea and it's revolutionary. True, true. I mean, yeah. I think women being the yoga party is more of a Western thing. Interesting. Though, you know, I think the yogis in the in the East were a lot of dudes. That's a fair point. Because there is, I know yoga communities have me too problems. Which I guess are an equal opportunity, but tend to be the bros. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so knees over toes guy, like in the textbook, like physical therapy, knee re rehab, it's like keep your knees at a straight, like 90 degree angle with your upper thighs, your quads, and have them in a straight line over your heel. Like don't put your knees forward because that will strain your ligaments and risk injury. And that's how knees over toes guy injured himself because that is a natural moment in, or movement in sports and athletics though. And so that's why these athletes have injuries all the time. So what he figured out was- But they was, can stop if, he, if they listen to him? They can, they can become elite performers even more so. Uh, he was a D1 athlete. So he was a basketball player. Yeah, people always throw that term around. No, he had a scholarship to, I can't remember the school, but this there's is, like 300 D1 basketball schools. Yeah, no, I believe that's true. But 
whatever it was. So he was doing his if knee exercises. If you ride the bench for SMU, I'm not fucking blown away by your Well, but expertise. what if I told you this, though? So he played Juco and then hurt himself, took two years off, rehabbed his knees, figure, starting to figure out his system, got to the point that he could get a scholarship to play D1. That's impressive. I guess. But when he got there, the strength coach pulls him aside and he's like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Like, cause he's doing his little exercises, not much weight, weird, you know, forms and stuff. And he's like, I'm doing my thing, man. Like, you know, I've doubled my vertical doing this. Strength coach says, do not do that shit in my gym. Forbids him from doing it, dude. So he quits the team. Yeah, that's a guaranteed <laughs> recipe for getting on Rogan. Yeah, for sure. Rogan's loving it, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. this is all from when he Rogan finally... Rogan loves everything your strength coach told you not to do. Well, that's why I, I loved it. It reminded me of uh, when you guys on IJB talked about the Beto, the story and two internet results, like uh, the Vanity Fair cover story. Yeah. And then immediately, like, yeah. Beto regrets it. Yeah. This was like the opposite, because I saw the clip of Rogan talking about Knees Over Toes guy to the MMA guy, uh -huh. then the top comment to that YouTube video is knees over toes guy and just everyone's, you know, thumbed it up. And he's just like, Joe, I love you. You're such an inspiration to me. Like this means so much. And then it's like the next recommended video, he's on Rogan. Love so that. It, it's, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he says you, you gotta stretch your knee out to the length of your lim ligaments and then you strengthen those because that's the only thing that takes your muscles offline. Otherwise, your muscles are always going to be stronger. So you never strengthen in your actual full range of motion. So when you get outside it, it's immediate injury zone versus continuing to get strong there. Bro, if you get strong in the extended range of motion, that's when you're really talking. That's when you're really cooking. You know, I've never actually been in the same room as him, so it's preposterous to think I could get this done, but I'd love to get you in a room with Bobby Stroop. Who's that? He's uh, Patrick Mahomes' guy. I just found out, I Googled Patrick Mahomes because Matt and Shane were debating if he was yes, hot. Yes, <laughs> yes, I heard that one. Yeah. I just found out who that is, like, whenever that episode was. Yeah. <coughs> For the record. He's like the best football player alive. Yeah. <coughs> Is he hot though? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with them. I think I'm going no. For my like two seconds on the toilet looking at Google Images, I was like, at first I was like, definitely not. But then I like saw a couple little a scroll down. I was like, eh, I, he's good at football. Plus, you know, he looks weird. But if you're good at something, yeah. you know, he's like, he's not irrelevant though because he's because he's taken. Oh really? Yeah, just his 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 wife and his brother both are like big on social media oh really okay yeah i like that you always know where so like, his wife and his brother are at about like his performances they'll they'll be fucking arguing with like oh damn okay it's it's wild i love the whole thing you know i mean like he's younger than us he's, yeah by a lot for yeah, me. like 10 years younger than us yeah and you know insanely famous to the point yeah. where like even his uh you know family members are are as a result famous yeah it's a crazy time we live in and i do like it a lot it's a weird world man <clears throat> it's a weird world but until yesterday he could have been in front of me at starbucks i wouldn't know that's right you that's know right. it's uh it's odd but yeah he's uh that's he's, why no one stops us for life skills he's been working with a dude since uh patrick was like a middle schooler 
Oh, okay. Uh, and P- Patrick's known for like crazy, like off platform throws. Like he, his body does stuff and like he does things that like no one else has ever done in the history of football. Like just. I'm just adjusted. Yeah, no worries. You got, do worry about the microphone. I'm, yeah, just I'm move just the ad- microphone. I'm just adjusting. I'm going to sit back down. Okay. I just, I got to get my hip rotation right. I've just been watching the waveforms and it, it feels like you're drifting farther away from my the, fault. <laughs> um, Sorry, TC. But uh, just, I don't, they got to, uh, um, whatever the pandemic hit and Bobby couldn't uh, do anything in the gym because they were shutting down all the gyms, Biden. For sure. <laughs> Biden was the He hates president. athletes. The Democratic Party hates athletes. Yeah. Well, they didn't well, have no. much of a say in what happened in Texas gyms. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, I guess they love the U.S. women's soccer team. I should take that <laughs> they back. They do. They do love that. <laughs> and so do I. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, uh, Bobby was going to instead spend his time on podcasting. He got to like three episodes. Okay. But I, I helped him with that. I, I launched the, oh, shit. The, the Bobby Stroop show. Okay. Uh, and, I would uh, love to get in a room with him. And He knows uh, about these overtones guy for sure, I bet. That made me – like he – the first episode was him talking through his journey solo, like just him in a microphone, just being like, this is how I came to it. Yeah. That's not really a good. He's from East Texas, but that's not how he sounds. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, he definitely has like a, you know, East Texas accent. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did not come anywhere in the vicinity of it just now. This is how I came to it. Uh, no, no, no. Um, but, uh, I, I, I'm, I feel confident he has an opinion on all this. I bet, dude. And I feel like if you got your two minds in one place, love to. probably unlocking new levels. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. That could it, happen. It's the only time I've ever heard. That's like, uh, yeah, I mean like he's basically a workout guy. You're like, or no, I don't, that's, that's what I'm saying is that's way underselling like what he, what and who he actually is. For sure. But like, uh, he's know. like Muhammad Ali's bros are like. They're the bros. You know, it's an entourage. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, just like, I don't know. He's, 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 a, he's a scientist of the body, dude. And I just, I'd never really, uh, you know, come to understand that one could do that like that, you know? Like we that, all can. That they're, well, just like the workout people are like that. Uh, and I mean, whatever. This is my ignorance. Definitely. Uh, th- yeah. You're yeah. showing your ass, but I like. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I mean, I'm saying this is. Yeah, the, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I learned. Well, when we were younger too, the, the gym teachers didn't know about this shit. That's yeah. You that's know? that's like, essentially what I'm saying. It, it is correct that coaches were. Dumb. I had never encountered someone else talking like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was very interesting to me. Yeah. No, I believe that. I remember like uh, kettlebells weren't even popping really. Yeah, when I was in, they were like coming out mm-hmm. uh, when I was in college, We've come, and obviously, what's that guy's name? We can say his name, right? Because he's on YouTube. Ari, what's Ari's YouTube again? Garage Gym Homie. Garage Gym. <laughs> he, in his episode, he reminded me no one knew anything at Excel with those yes. weights. That was crazy. Yeah, but we were going for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I I, I can't figure that. I, I having now established why uh, there haven't been podcasts. I do want to know why there are now podcasts, and I can't figure it was because you wanted to talk about body science. No, I mean I think I wanted to get closure on a, this phase of podcasting. 
you know, because it does feel like the eras have changed. I always wanted to do a holiday episode, so I feel like we just snuck that in. Yeah, you told me that we were doing a holiday episode. How do you feel? You laughed, man. What does that mean to you? Well, you know, it depends on what we talk about, you know. But what are we talking about? I love the holidays. You called, you called us, what have, what have you called us, to, what have you gathered these forces here for? I don't know. I don't really remember exactly what I was thinking when I texted you. It was a while ago. And well, since then, I that's I, the show. on multiple occasions, I thought, yeah, we can if you want. Uh, on multiple occasions, I have been like, I guess we're not going to do it since like that initial text. I'm trying. Uh, I mean, we're right here. We're doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I felt like I needed to address the boys uh, such as they are. Uh, and that was the main thing. Oh, the other thing, I do think like uh, writing out your thoughts is really helpful and that was the other thing I also realized, which I think is helpful in general, is I think a big part of life skills value for me has been, it's just helpful when you verbally process things. I don't think I realized how much I appreciated getting that stuff validated, mostly by you, uh, to a lesser extent, the audience. But that has its ups and downs too, because then you wonder if you can validate yourself and if there's parts of what's going on in your life that you don't talk about because it's, you don't want to talk about it on a podcast or whatever, then you can end up without a way to process that. So what I basically figured out is you can basically validate all your own stuff, especially when you like put a lesser value on pedestalizing your thoughts. You know what I mean? uh and so that sounds scary to be honest it is at first man because well that's like the fear to me of like the illusion of control that just i love pedestalizing my yeah thoughts. infusing with your cognitive linguistic function as your identity anyway is like i don't think many people know that there's an option to do something different but there definitely is and uh i don't know you can like end up turning down the volume or even at times turning it off which yeah, I've gotten there with with help before. Um, but Turning I don't know. off your thoughts? Yeah, like uh, the most recent time I took mushrooms, like I just went, I hadn't done it since I was a kid. Boy, you can turn off your thoughts then? I went selective, I went mute. I was alone. Like, no, I just had my dog in the house. And it was, yeah, it was wild, dude. It was like, uh, I was in my garage. I closed the blind, everything. I turned off all the lights. I just lit a couple candles and I have a mirror that's like on the floor uh, that I just can't hang up. Like the walls don't really support it, but I have it for like seeing when I'm working out, checking my form. Uh, and I just like, you know, did shamanic mirror work and just had like a thought conversation with myself looking in the mirror. And it was, it was like an, a whole, it was almost like an actor realizing that there's a whole stage crew supporting him. And that was like my linguistic cognitive self. And I was like looking in the mirror and I was like, wait, are you guys real? And like myself in the mirror just like is grinning and nodding. And I was just like, do you guys want to just run this body for a second? You know? And they're like, you know, All right. you know, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like I'll just chill. And then like that was when I just like put some music on, sort of just started moving around, but like there was no words going on in my, I was just observing and like how it felt. And it felt like like the, a mime was like, I was a mime or something. 
but there was no one to talk to in the house, you know? So I'm not sure if I was actually mute, but uh, that was also when I finally made my leap. I need to take more. I, I feel like I'm not taking enough. I only had three grams, man. I think. Three grams? Is that a lot? Yeah. How, to me, I mean, you know, not to whatever. No, 1.5 grams. Okay. Yeah, three yeah, yeah. Three of, yeah, yeah. See, I'm yeah. taking three of the things. And I'm Both times, dude, I, coming close I, I did. I, dude, the second time I was going around the house, because that's what I was about to say. When that happened and my, like, the silent stage crew of my body, like each limb, I was like, oh, you're the hand guys, you know? And just being like, hey. Uh, and then that's when my knee finally, because I've been, you know, the longtime listeners know, I have been walking incorrectly my whole life, I'm pretty sure, or a, lot, a large part of it. And part of knowing you is knowing that you will eventually tell me that how you're doing it now is wrong. I'm a work in progress, for sure, yeah. But, uh, dude, this was, like, so scary uh, while I was doing that, like... I start, I finally, my tendons like snapped into the right place. Uh, and it was like the third time uh, a psychedelic experience has resulted in like bodily shape shifting. But before they were always glimpses of like, this is the extent of your range of motion. Like, I think I've mentioned the one time I just like got, I stood on top of the tub, I took off all my clothes and the way my mirror worked in the bathroom was it cut off my head. Yeah. And I was just like, you're this dude. Like your head's just the top of this, but what goes on in your head is from this. And what is this thing even doing? And like my legs all gnarled. I look like Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker, like, you know, like twisted and like, it really was a crooked leg. And it finally, that my tendons got long enough and strong enough that I can walk a different way, but it felt like I was like on the moon. And like, I was, it was scary how springy it was. And like, I, it really took a leap of faith. It felt, I felt like I was like learning to use a prosthetic leg. I, like I was like a soldier who got his leg blown off. That was when I was alone. Then I took him again. And after like a week, you know, in between of doing workouts with that new, like, you know, provisional new stance, but just actually getting the momentum the right way. And the second time I would just went insane. Like I brought, I have this box that I use to just jump up and down on. Have I told you about the old guy at the skate park? That like told you how to skate, right? Yeah, just yeah. wrecked my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for the listener, he basically was like, get off the skateboard and learn to jump. Uh, and he pointed at the bleachers and was like, you just need to get stronger jumping the right way. Uh, which is kind of what started this whole, it was very humbling, dude. I was like, who the fuck? But he was right. Uh, so I just took it out and just did like a million box jumps in my living room. And I was going around the house, just going like, uh, what's, that? what's his name? I was like, I'm Captain Jake Scully, US Marines. <laughs> is he a number two? He's got to be, right? Sully, that's who it is. Yeah, yeah. I was saying Scully, dude. Of course he's a number two. He's the main okay. character. Well, you never know, man. I mean, some, I could see like uh, Alien and wait, that's not even true, is it? It's not. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yep, I'm wrong about that. I feel like it's you haven't a, seen A2 yet, dude. I don't know if I'm movie theater material anymore. That's another thing success taught me 
was like it became having a kid was just so different and that's the other Will you thing do yourself a favor and just try it for this don't make a decision about whether or not movie theaters are for you until you've seen the new peak <sighs> i'm maybe the thing is i'd have to go do it alone or you would probably go schedule permitting but maybe not but i've seen it twice already I, I didn't know you had seen it twice i would go to i would see it the second time with you but i've already done that i was thinking it would be your second time uh, I don't feel that myth that you wouldn't go a third. But, you know, is it that good then? Is yes. it that good? It's that good. I mean, I'm, I probably It's great. Won't. I don't To get out of the house for that long, I don't know. You know what was good? Tar. You see that? No, but I heard about it. I'll, now that you said it's good, I'll, I'll move it up my, uh, my list. I thought it was good. It was... Uh, did you ever see Eyes Wide Shut? No, not yet. Okay. I I don't know if we even mentioned that we were considering or that we talked about. Not yet, but we can. Well, we can, but I got to do this on the air then. I don't think it's a good idea anymore. All right. <laughs> I watched Eyes Watch Shut a couple times over the holidays. We thought about going through the, the whole Kubrick uh, body work. I just don't think it would be it would work well for a podcast. Okay. Because it's too visual. And that's interesting. Like, uh, I would love to watch your YouTube channel about Kubrick's. See, that's what I do think it would be, if anything, better suited for that. But it would be an undertaking. But yeah, I do. It'd be fun to work on. Like, dude. yeah, no, I, I, well, yeah, it just takes a while. I've been rewatching his movies. Uh, but would you, would you want to do, I mean, whatever, we can, we don't need to do this on the podcast, but would you want to, like, just you write out? You know, whatever you like, you compose the thing, and then, like, you know, where the collaboration really comes in is like, I could shoot it and like make it look nice and like get it, you know, like drop in clips and you, all the stuff they do on those that sounds uh, cool, analysis guys. But here's what Stanley Kubrick taught me this is just, just the thing that came to mind. He worked with people, he worked with people, but two things. Two things. I'm, I'm, he had a DP, dude. I'm just a he DP. Did. Well, see, you say I'll, that. I'll you. you say that. But this is what worries me. Uh, so he did Spartacus, uh, which he did not produce. Kirk Douglas was like the big producer on that and the studio. And he said he had directed his own stuff before that. He was like basically an amateur. He was a photographer that kind of taught himself. And you know about his early career, the mm -hmm. uh, concentration camp thing? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I'm not sure. When he's like 20 or something, uh, Germany's being liberated. Uh huh. And uh, they were like, no one's going to believe what happened here. We have to get someone to document it. Oh, and he did? Yeah. Wow. I don't think I knew that. There's an HBO documentary with like some of the footage that's It's built cool. around the footage. Yeah, I mean, the dude was a genius, for sure. But what he said after Spartacus was he'll, he would never again work on a project without complete creative control. Mm -hmm. Because even that... I mean, still have... I'm not the studio, dude. Well, he I'm just says, the director, all you are is the... No, you would have this problem. Uh, when you're the director for a studio, I would be the studio because I'm writing this. This is me, what I think. Oh yeah, no, so I'm, I'm fine. You say that, but that it worries me. You know, life skills is collaborative, but 
Like, uh, dude, you bully me around with so much of this stuff, anyways. Not at all, dude. Like, <laughs> two weeks into you. this, you were like, I'm not doing the YouTube anymore. And I was like, I'll do it. And then I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But it was more than two weeks, but go ahead. Yeah, definitely. But that's what I'm saying. Like, stuff like that, I just get pretty worked up, you know, and I would, we already are friends. And so, what he said was like, basically, even when you're the director, if you don't have control, you're just the highest paid member of the crew. Like you've got, you, you have to do things, but you're not in charge. It doesn't not feel gonna, applicable to two buds. Just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to like, uh, but I mean, you bring up the YouTube thing. I feel like it's instructive. Uh, like some of these skills that I have, you could certainly learn them, but like you don't want to. I do want to. Okay. Just, it's not a high priority. But it's getting higher, especially if I can get a job that allows me free time and not sucking up my identity. I think that was the, a big problem with my first phase of my legal career. Yeah. Was confusing that those two things, which makes it very stressful. Uh, but so the other thing is the guy who wrote and directed Tar, Todd Field, mm -hmm. hit Stanley Kubrick was his mentor. Okay. And he plays a role in Eyes Wide Shot. Okay. And uh, he said he learned from Stanley that you do work with people and film relationships, but apparently he told them you're. Sorry, oh, I don't looks mean, good. I don't mean to distract. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, first shot of the Rose Bowl it's of, good of, of the year. It's, you know, I would hate if they moved that to Arlington. Yeah, definitely. You know where that is? You know where the Rose Bowl is? California? Yeah. Is that a, is that a easy for you? Yeah. It's Pasadena. I don't know if I would have Nestled known at that. the foot of the uh, whatever mountain range. There. There's a lot of mountain ranges in Southern California. True. I don't know. I When, when you said Pasadena, I was like, of course, Pasadena. But I don't know if I could have pulled that part out. I mean, everyone knows where the Tournament of Roses Parade is and their accompanying Not exhibition me. game. You know, the the Vince Young game was a big one. Uh -huh. I was in college at the You're time. showing the highlights right now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, my uncle and cousin were at the game. Beautiful. They, were, they made that known. And I was at my parents' house, so there wasn't much to do. Mm -hmm. So I watched it. Oh. So that's a big Rose Bowl memory for me. Uh, it's got to be everyone's biggest Rose Bowl memory. That's number yeah, one. Yeah, for Rose sure. Bowl. I feel like I'm pretty glad that that's the one I picked to watch or the one I ended up watching. It was it's pretty so exciting good. to watch. Yeah. It was so good. It was fun. It was a good game. Yeah. Of course. Legendary. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were talking about Todd Fields. Oh, yeah. So what he said was Stanley said your primary relationship building on set is with the cast because they're the ones that have to deliver on camera everyone else's crew that works for you and like you have to be egalitarian but also know that basically mm -hmm. and i was i was like i kind of feel that if you have to be like to tell a guy like a if your dp's like no nah, the light works this way you have to be like no do it this way like and you have to not care as much about that person's feelings yeah and i just do care about your feelings so automatically there's a conflict there like it's hard for me to not split like that. And I can't, you know what I mean? You know, like a collabor a true collaboration is easier. Uh, we don't even, we don't have to do it at all. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, these seem like nonsense reasons. I don't know, man. I feel it sounds like, like you're trying to apply, like, like it, we're not making a movie. 
Well, I like shooting. Like I like to be able to like shoot something at two in the morning, you know, or like to just change stuff immediately. Like that's a great point. Part of like you know, eventually you have to do things that require working with other people, or you're putting a limit on yourself, which some people are okay with. But I don't know. It's got to feel right, you know. And I just don't want to risk it because also I got my feelings hurt so badly when you, me, and our friend were supposed to do something creative. And I don't even hold it against him. Like we are friends, we talk to each other, but my fe- I did go through a period of having hurt feelings that I didn't really tell him about because I knew they didn't reflect how I wanted to act, but I still felt them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I want to spare myself that too. I don't want the turmoil of like being like, ah, uh, there's, I, I'm annoyed about something. Is it worth, you know, talking to my friend this way? And there's not, not that like I would have to be abusive, but like, I don't know, man. It's also my first time, or, you know, I'm still new to doing creative things. So I don't know. I guess I just don't want to mess, mess up what we have as a good thing. I don't want to blame. Yeah, no worries, dude. Like with success, you kept it going. That was really good, but you were in charge. Like I was kind of the highest paid member of the crew. Like I was a writer, but I feel like, like I really un- misunderstands your role. But but there were times when you had to tell me like, "Yo, chill." Like not like you weren't like. Yeah, I mean, like you're the member of a department of which I'm the head. Exactly. I mean, like, I don't, you know, it's not like I was like when you were like, "Yo, chill." I wasn't like the fucking suits. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was like, "No, nah, that's a good point," uh, especially given what the audience is, but. You know, that's a, another thing that I'm like trying to avoid, which they're not the same thing. But I think maybe in reaction to that, or maybe just like knowing more about myself, I do like kind of going off by myself and doing stuff uh, and just coming back with the results. But yeah, it's hard to do. So I may try it and then be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I do just watch those things and be like, you know, I could do that. Well, that I don't want good. to be a YouTuber that just, I would do that to promote more art that I want to make. Like, I don't know. I feel like you got to make stuff content wise, but I wouldn't want to be a, a YouTuber that like every week puts out a video. That was hard for me. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I felt like at times I sacrificed quality. Like, but see, again, you were helpful there because you were like, you know, I, I would have ideals of how I thought the episode could have gone. And that was what I judged the episode against versus like an episode didn't exist and now it does and people appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I wanted to do better. And so that's where I've been like really enjoying taking my time with stuff. And I feel, I don't exactly know what I'm working on either. You yeah, know what, what are I mean? you taking your time with? Just like writing out my thoughts about what I think art is for and like what... I think criticism is for, and what I a lot of what I learned from Success Movie Rewind, good and bad. Uh, that's mostly it. Just trying to get a good footing. I think that's one of my autisms. It's like I got to start from the ground up, or I feel like I don't have a solid footing. Like I feel that. <clears throat> my buddy was laughing at me when I first got fired. I had all these business ideas, and. Like I, I went to his house and we had a business meeting because he like does consulting stuff and you know, whatever. And all I wanted to talk about, but this was normal to me from the law firm days. This is how we started understanding whatever the project was on the transactional side 
is being like, okay, he, these are the people with the resources, the money, like more in my case, the time, but like, and this is what they want to set up. Like, so all I would talk about was like, all right, we're going to do three LLCs and we're going to make them partners with each other. And they're going to have a limited partner, like all this stuff, which, cause I was worried about <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> like, and my friend was like, well, what are we going to do? Is, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, so, now we've got the corporate structure down. Exactly. <laughs> so, What's the corporation going to produce? Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is when you actually register an LLC, they ask you that. And every lawyer just puts uh, to do lawful business in the state of Texas. Like it's the most generalized statement of all time. But I feel that way now being like, okay, what do I actually want to accomplish? You know, it takes a lot of time to get good at something. Like I made all those songs, but I didn't think any of them were good enough to put out, but I've been, dude, you know, we went to the studio a year ago. Remember when I do, we went, that was a year ago. That was a year ago. And that was an ego bruise for me. Like that whole day. Really? Yeah, dude. That sucked. Uh, my whole shit is, it was bad, dude. Like, do you remember when, uh, OZ was like, it's cool to be quiet. Like we can definitely record quiet singing, but like, you gotta get closer to the mic. I was like, fuck dude, I was not trying to be quiet. Like I'm just weak. Uh, so I've been like trying to get my voice better for a year now. And it's mostly resulted in like my knee getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it's like, you gotta start from the foundation, man. Like it's your body is the instrument. So it's all been good, but it just takes time and no one's paying me to do this. So I just have to like do it as it comes. You know, it just doesn't, like I couldn't write any songs or anything for like 18 months, even if I tried. It would only happen like I'd be taking a walk and random things would occur to me and I dictate it into the notes app. See, just like, it does feel to like, you know, I, re I respect all your process. I think in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, like I, I, don't, I don't need to be giving you advice. I need to be accepting it from you on, on stuff like this. Like, I think you've got a great perspective on these things. But I don't know. To get like so spun up about, uh, you know, one comment about the volume of your thing that you <laughs> haven't written anything in a year. No, that wasn't why. It feels why. like we're losing the force. I was the already... Trees like delivering stale material in that session. And that was the other thing I think why it came across weak. Dude, I was not channeling the spirit at all. It was just rote, like kind of flat delivery. And that's another thing I learned from Stanley Kubrick was he was pretty famously hard on actors, but he said like, do not fuck around with improv. The words are the words. We've written them that way for a reason. And you better have the, your part memorized because I, you cannot be thinking about the words. That has to be muscle memory the same way you know to walk like from the kitchen counter to the refrigerator in the scene. Like I do not want you straining to remember words. That's not concentration on your task. Like that's, you didn't prepare. Uh, and I was like, that's applicable to delivering vocals with music. Mm -hmm. Like it seems to me, unless you're bebopping and scatting or whatever, you know, but I don't do that. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure that people have made music other ways, but I, I, for I, sure. I'm, yeah, it sounds like you're onto something. Well, in the, 
lawsuit that chance the rapper's ex-manager filed against him go on we talked about this great start of a sentence it's incredible dude so imagine this is the worst album review of all time so he alleged i mean paraphrase upon paraphrase like this is a lot of, of this is a while ago that i read this and i you know i'm not an expert but what he basically said was like I'm his manager. This is like a claim that gets made a lot, I think, in this scenario. You come up in the music business and you have like your Can earn. I get a quick tea? Time out? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just really distracted. Uh, I think that uh, this Rose Bowl coin flip is being filmed by uh, the uh, senator from Arizona. I don't understand. Oh, what? That's her standing there, right? <laughs> no, that's Gabby Giffords, but the lady who was the congressperson who was shot in the head. And I'm pretty sure it got to be that the person standing next to her is Mark Kelly, her husband, who's in the Senate. And he's like just filming on the whole thing on his phone like a grandpa. He's an Instagram husband, dude. <laughs> he is. He rules. <laughs> but he's but he's also a fighter pilot senator. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> dude, <laughs> it felt I, I felt I didn't know what was going on. Anytime I see a bald brother... I'm I'm inclined to agree with what he's doing. <laughs> I love a positive bald man. Like not that guy for the listener. There's a pathetic bald guy walking out. He actually has he had uh, like do you know about the Dallas Shag? No, the all Dallas the Dallas shag. rappers, dude. I thought about doing this because it works if you're bald, as you just saw. Uh-huh. So what the Dallas rappers at least they were doing it like a couple of years ago, is they have it's like a regular haircut, like a fade or whatever. And then they have basically like a mullet, like a little Afro mullet. I know like it that. almost looks like you're wearing a hairnet, mm-hmm. like, but okay. it's like kind of shaved all around it. Yeah, and I, I was like, that's that. exactly how I've gone bald. <laughs> like anyway, so I could kind of do your that. Hair would look if it yeah. grew a <laughs> it's, bit. I'm kind of doing it right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, but that guy had it. Did you yeah, see that? He, he had, it looked like he had like no, a little ponytail still. Uh, as I grow, my neighbor's ponytail is so strong. As I try to, you know, just push new. I mean. You know, there's just a limited number of things I could do with my hair, like anyone. Just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the universe of possibilities for any one person's hair is fairly limited. I feel like I'm a starving orphan. I'm literally sitting on the ground <laughs> while the large man is complaining <laughs> that he doesn't have enough sauces for his banquet. <laughs> but uh i i want i like the have like the dr phil donut like it sounds great i you can do see, that i know but it, it does look so much if you're not actually bald though yeah it does it, it takes starts so much maintenance yeah. and also like if you if that was just what you had to do no one would ask any questions if i did it i would have to ask answer questions every room that i went into until I stopped having that haircut. You would have to gradually do it and fake everybody out. You would have to just, every time you went to the barber, be like, yo, thin me out. Yeah, I mean, my family would believe bit. it. They know that it's we It's like go gaslighting bald. your family. Yeah, the boy, that, <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You were, Again, you were in the middle of something before I talked about bald Mark Kelly. I apologize. I don't remember what, what it was. I'm having a tough time with my focus. I'm just saying, well, for the listener's sake, please try. Because I, will. I don't want to make a stoner podcast where we go off on tangents. 
That's right. And yeah. uh, fail to deliver value. The reviewers, you know about, the reviewers consistently indicate that's not what they're here for. And that's not what we're about. We've both <laughs> <laughs> discussed doing a sober January. <laughs> we did have. we? Yeah, today. Uh, I feel like I pitched it and you didn't come close. I said, uh, that's a good idea. Okay. And I said, I might do it too. Mm. But I have more things to be sober from. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I think but you just mean coffee. I'm, I've thought about, I actually ordered some ginger tea, but we'll see what that's about. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to end that way, given the positive reviews of coffee you've been giving all day. Dude, that coffee hit nice. I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. Dude, that was what, when I, on New Year's Day, I was like, what is my resolution? Do I have one? And it was to stop beating yourself up about what you're doing. If it's just, it's the thing you're doing, dude, it is what you've chosen to do. So the commentary track, see, that's the thing. (laughs) You're going to laugh. I actually got this from that comment to the crypto girls Tumblr that I told you about when we hung out a couple of weeks ago. You're going to have to give it to me again. So the crypto girls Tumblr, the girl who's who's in trouble. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sam Bankman Freed's like uh, the the, G, the CEO and the fuzzy GF. haired uh, Caroline, yeah, Caroline Ellison, yeah. Uh, so her Tumblr was surely she's not related to any of the other Ellisons, right? I, I not to this those Ellison like the uh-huh. Silicon Valley, Larry, Megan. No, but her parents are like professors at Stanford of something or something like that. Like Ever in that whole fucking thing? Of course, a bunch of, you're telling. I know, dude. I'm not even going to ask you about Matt Iglesias, little egg on the face, more like Matt egg on the faceius. What do you think about that? I just came up with that. That's the coffee. <laughs> that's, <the> coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, no, you know. No, whatever. that's a little, I hate that shit. Actually, when Kanye, like five freakouts ago, when I was still working at the law firm, mm-hmm. a guy that I like, uh, but I did not like this vibe. He knew that I was a Kanye fan and he kind of like came at me well, as if like- you're wrong about the music being good. Being like, yeah, how, how about your fave now? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm not his manager. Songs like, are the songs, my friend. Yeah, although he- I got can, out of him what I got out of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, d- I did re-listen. I still like him. Of course. Uh, yeah. Some of them though, you're like, oh, that's a don't new context. Dare. Just some of the lyrics, you're like, that's a new context. The guy has issues with pornography and women. I mean, you know, that's an understatement. Yeah. But yeah. we all do. And he's such a raw, I feel like, honest. Uh, violent crimes has gone through my head this entire, like anytime he talks about that stuff, he's terrified. He is terrified of the idea that someone will treat his daughters the way that he treats women. Yeah, and I think he never... Because he knows how dark and evil it is. Well, what if Mary was in the club before she met Joseph, dude? And Mary's always going to be in the club before she meets Joseph, dude, with hella thugs, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but he he never forgave Kim for being in the club, you know? And I think that's the problem. I mean, he's got a Donda-Kim complex, dude, you know? And it's we all have to struggle with it because... Our society imprints it. That's that's what I'm saying. Back to the Caroline blog, like all of these thoughts and even feelings and reactions are so encoded culturally that you basically don't. You shouldn't take responsibility for any of your thoughts. Basically, you should just observe them. 
but they almost certainly were not yours originally. Like maybe you almost certainly are always applying them in a uniquely novel context that is you and your experience, but it's all recycled from somewhere. Always, it's the meme of, you know, always has been the astronaut shooting you, like realizing that. But that's why like you need new material. That's why content creators are doing God's work uh, if they're making uplifting positive material like us, because uh, basically, so this was a comment on Caroline's blog. She wrote a book called Nonviolent Communication by Ross Rosenberg. She and, wrote a book? No, she read it. Okay. Sorry, okay. and wrote a review about it. And then this guy wrote, spurged out in a comment that was like 17 times as long as her one paragraph review about like, really cool, Caroline, that you got this out of this. Uh, here's some more stuff to think about. Uh, but I, I read the whole comment. <laughs> and it feels culty, like what's going on in it, in the NVC community, like the mm -hmm. fact that it's an NVC community. Uh, and Ross Rosenberg wrote this other book, I think called, I mean, that might not even be his name, but I think he wrote these other books about like in the genre of how to break up with a narcissist and, or like, yeah. you know, why are we codependent with narcissists and stuff mm -hmm. like that? So now he has a community about being gentle and communication and stuff, but I like his book. If it like, helps you to act like you don't need us, I mean, I guess <laughs> do whatever you need, but, but we all know the truth in the end. Well, the last psychiatrist said that like many rom-coms and I think many uh, cult leader stories, possibly Mr. Rosenberg's are the story, uh, of a, like a lower functioning kind of borderline personality organization finally moving up the ladder to functional narcissism, you know, with the rest of us, which I think there's some merit there. Like that's the goal is to develop a healthy ego. It's a fiction, but you kind of need it to navigate the world. Like the whole thing is premised on it. Obviously Jesus upended that and made that available to us, but we're imperfect. So you kind of got to make your peace with it and then use it as your instrument to do whatever it is your higher purpose is. I really believe that. Uh, and when you look at people through that lens, when they're, even if they're coming at you, kind of like with information or viewpoints that conflict with yours, uh, it does help you like communicate nonviolently. Like you can sidestep that uh, and collaborate on whatever it is you're talking about, which is, all that's cool, but basically, in the comment, the guy, I think he lifted this from like a Buddhist conception, but he was like, Caroline, you're onto something here, but you gotta go to a seminar. Like, and that's where I was like, alarm bells going off. Yeah. But he, what, but it's like, it's also in the eye of the beholder, what's a cult, what's like a, just a group that helps people. Uh, but he was like, you gotta have a transmission experience where like you get a new inputs, and they combine with an emotional like feeling that unlocks new things for you. And the inputs give you a vocabulary to process it and apply it in your day-to-day -day life. And that's what really changes you. Uh, which is also why I don't think Stanley Kubrick movies are good for a podcast because he, when he started learning about movies, he would, when people were like talking, he would just be like writing in his journal in the movie theater because he would stop when people stop talking and like look up and be like, what's going on when, when they're not talking? Cause he was basically annoyed. He thought movies were overly talky because they were like 
filmed plays were the easiest like thing to do the way like yeah you know buildings even though we make buildings with steel a lot of they started out resembling buildings that were made of wood you know Mm -hmm. uh and in eyes wide shut that's like the first thing nicole kidman says to tom cruise is you're not even looking at it and uh you know, there's like another line you where- You don't want to do a podcast about this? Well, no, because it's like, exactly. And then there's like uh, another line where Tom Cruise, I think it's like in many ways, a movie about how your verbal cognition resists like knowledge that the rest of you is trying to give you. And that's like happening in dreams. You know, it's it's based on a novella from like the Freudian era Germany uh, called Traum Novelle, which is like French for dream novel which is kind of crazy that Trom is like the root for dream. Uh, that is crazy. You know, but like uh, he's talking to like a, a sexy lady on his psychosexual odyssey and being like, so what's up? And she's like, I'd rather not put it into words. And I think that's like a, a pretty, you know, load bearing line, even though it ironically is using words to do it. Uh, and just watching that, I was like, we would just have to do so much on screen. There were things like when we did True Detective that occurred to me, but I was just like, it wouldn't work. But like cool stuff that I thought in, in retrospect, I think it was Carrie Joe, dude, that bastard. But he is pretty talented because you could tell that Nick Pizzolatto was not like making all of the art direction choices because he was pointing out the ones that were his ideas in the commentary. Interesting. So I yeah, kind yeah, of inferred yeah. if something was sick and he didn't say that, probably Carrie Joe or maybe the director. But he was also Carrie Joe is the director. Well, I was going to say the the director of photography. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because he was. That was the the other funny thing. Like before all the beef, there was some beef out, but it was before I guess Carrie Joe got me too'd. But on the commentary, Carrie Joe got me too'd. Oh yeah, but he got like. I wouldn't say it was Aziz level, like, or like uh, Arcade Fire, Bad Boyfriend, Me Too, mm-hmm. but it was like, he'll work again. It was I like. Mean, he made the James Bond. I think it, it, it may was. It after that? Yeah. Or it may, yeah. I think so. Or during, while I was out. Okay. But it was like, he didn't, it's not like a wine scene, like sexually assaulted people. It's like, uh, got into sexual relationships with naive girls that, uh, according to them, he was too nice to them basically, if anything, uh, you know, but only- I'm doing my best to control (laughs) No, I'm playing. But they're kind of, I actually do kind of mean that. Like he, he, they said he made them think that he liked them enough that they were going to be good friends for a long time and he was going to help their careers. And it turned out that it was a short-term sexual relationship. So it's like that kind of me doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I, if I were financing a movie, there's a choice between him and some guy who didn't do that. I would choose that guy if they were both equally talented. I mean, they're obviously going to be unique in some ways, but uh, anyway, there were like some things when we did, I think True Detective is still my favorite thing we did. I think favorite thing you and I have done, obviously is Avatar episode of Success Movie Rewind. Mm -hmm. Even though that weekend was the beginning of the end stress-wise for me, because that's when we got crunched in the schedule dude you yeah. knew it too <laughs> uh, yeah that's <laughs> i do have a thing that i whenever you hit me and said uh or i think it was you know you hit me and said let's do a holiday episode and then a couple days later uh i was like <laughs> well i hope to do this on the holiday episode it's a similar i i'm struggling with i don't know just like uh any time that uh 
you know, if if I'm like, hey, let's watch out for this, and then it happens, and then everyone's just kind of like, how could we have known? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really hard for me. Okay, I'm so, not sure I follow you, but well, I mean, you didn't really do that. You were kind of like, well, in retrospect, you were the you know, that did sort of screw up the schedule. It did. But just I don't you know there's just times where like I I I can see stuff coming not because like I'm clairvoyant but because like you know you I'm I've, not I've sure I in even, certain ways I'm I, I I'm not really talking about you at this point I was gonna say I'm not sure I argued the point even at the time I was like no, it is no. what it is bro yeah, yeah. we what have we to go do? not take this trip for the listener it was the weekend we went to Excel to to the campus yeah yeah, well, yeah. are we gonna not do that yeah our buddy was about to move and he was the one that lived down there. Yeah. So we had to do it. And it turned out he had a home theater with sick 3D goggles. <laughs> so good. So good. It made the best episode of a podcast of all time. Yeah, he's got a short throw. Are you intrigued by the short throw technology? Not at all, dude. I'm, no. I don't care. I'm not a gearhead like that. That's too bad. I it's mean, what, it's what sustains me, gives my life meaning, learning about gear. Yeah, I'm more, I'm amateurish, you know? I, I, uh, I have gotten my camera out recently, starting to see how that works, but I kind of just want to get a new iPhone. Um, yeah, so I don't, can I tell you about my thing? Yeah, of course. I'm not even sure it's directly related. Maybe that was just, oh, fuck, I don't know, dude. Whatever. Uh, so the scene is Christmas. It's Christmas Day. Uh, my, uh, my folks got a... Uh, they wanted to take the grandkids to the Great Wolf Lodge. You know about the Great Wolf Lodge? No, I mean, not really. No. It's a big hotel out by Grapevine where they have an indoor water park. Okay, literally what I was going to say. I'm serious. <laughs> that is what I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you've heard of it. You've For sure I have. It. No, I have. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a fine idea. Down to being in Grapevine. I knew that. I just was like, have you ever seen Willow? No. Oh. Well, anyway, there's a part where he's... Sorry, I didn't mean to. There's, uh, okay, spoiler alert, in the beginning Go of ahead. Willow, I I'm honestly... probably not going to see it. This may be why I went through my whole life being a, a narcissist, betting on myself, thinking things will just work out, being a little too psychotic that my plans, my crazy plans will succeed. Because you saw Willow? Mm-hmm. Because that was my first uh, autistic special interest film-wise as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, the library of my town was connected to my school. Oh. And like my nice. when my mom would pick me up, I don't know if it was every day or on the weekend or what, but she would take me through the library and I was allowed to get a movie. And I got Willow every time. Like every single time. I don't know why they, they didn't, didn't want just to just buy, buy Willow. Willow. Well, movies were more expensive back then. They were like a hundred bucks. <clears throat> yeah, they were, dude. This was like in the eighties. That is kind of true. Yeah. But I don't, whatever. I mean, I'm sure they could have, there were ways, but my parents, you know, they weren't film buffs like that. Go ahead. Uh, so anyway, a wizard comes through the town. Willow wants to be a wizard. And the wizard comes through, you, he assembles the hopefuls who want to be trained. And he's like, guess which hand is holding the, the magic power? Mm-hmm. And he like puts his hands behind his back. Everybody guesses, including Willow. Willow agonizes over it, picks a hand. Everybody gets it wrong. He's like, none of you are, are worthy. And they're all like, what? Because 
all of us picked a hand. We didn't all pick the, you know, but whatever. And Will is like, what, what the heck's going on? And the wizard's like, you know what was going on. And Will is like, what? And he's like, what did you want to answer? Which hand had the magic? And Willow was like, my hands. And the wizard was like, that's right. You know? And there as a go. little kid, I was like, oh, that is right. Like, that's great. Yeah, it really appealed to my juvenile magical thinking. And I think I incorporated it long term. Like, I think about it as an adult, just being like, just the magic's in your hands, dude. Like, just remember that. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I, it felt like you started out by saying that this was a Well, that's mistake. what I, I just did it wrong with the Grey Wolf Lodge. The, okay, the magic yeah. was in my hands, yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah, I said it was right in there. your left hand. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. didn't feel good. Just stuck with it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not even sure that this was a major contributing factor, but there was a whole thing of like, I don't know. They, they like didn't want to buy or they just wanted to buy day passes, but then, yeah. But then the person told them that they could get that many day passes for less money if they did just buy a room. That's how they get you, though. Then you're buying meals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And spoiler alert, mm -hmm. we did. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I mean, they're not idiots, but we were going to buy a meal anyway. True, you know? true. Like, we're going to eat. Yeah, um, true. So what's it to us where it, ooh, yeah. True. Uh, and so... They end up with like, you know, not like, it's not like they set out to like buy enough room for like everyone to stay. They were just like, well, we have to do this room to get this deal. Oh boy. And then they were like, we'll just take your kid on Christmas and like, go. Uh, and I was like, no. Uh, I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, that's tough, Of course dude. not. Uh, and to just and announce like, it like that? I don't think so. Well, dude, they didn't even announce it. It was like uh, Megan texting me, like, this is what they're going to do. And I'm like, that's not without my No, dude, I know my power. Input. Yeah, no <laughs> way, dude. Um, what the hell? So What uh, the hell? I know, dude. I mean, maybe it's how I'm presenting it, but like, I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with this stuff. Like, because no one else, everyone else no, is like, why is TC being difficult? I mean, uh, no one, you, the whole thing happened through Megan, so I don't know if they said that. You, you know? could journal like, all of this and figure it out for yourself without validation. That was what I was saying earlier, but I will validate well, it. you That's can. bananas. Maybe not me. That's crazy to me. I hope, well, I don't want to like put, I don't want to be too judgy, but it just seems like if you, if they thought about your perspective, it's something where you would think you would want to be with your daughter on Christmas. It's a fun time. It's a special time. Yeah. And to just assume that you wouldn't have a preference or that, I, that's where it's like you don't know. Maybe they did were it, like, he did probably not occur to you? Did doesn't it, want, like, that, because, that, you know, it's, it's like my brother's kids are there too and everything. And I, I think that okay. in their mind, they might have been like, well, this is going to be tough to corral him. So I won't, you know, make him, like, we'll just give him the night off. You can just take but a little Did off. they say that to you, or is this just thoughts you thought they of while you were spinning out? They didn't say a thing out? to me at any point. See, you, I feel like for me, I would think to I myself. I still haven't said a word to, like, I've just texted Megan, yeah, dude, this is who a, was talking to them. This is like childhood stuff Which where you kind of It's a big problem in, I have in general. I spin out with stuff like this, and I, then I get, like, it reminds me of being a kid. And, dude, we talked about this on the podcast, the enigmatic message of just being like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And yeah. then you have to do They're not more. saying what they're thinking. They're not saying what they're saying. Like, and it's yeah. not apparent that they did much of it. 
uh, beyond like a surface level. Uh, yeah, everything I just know. did, what you're right, is enigmatic message. This is me presenting yeah. the range of possibilities of what they could have been thinking when they were talking to my wife, who then related to me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is, it's, I don't, I've been trying, and I mean, dude, I don't know. I think that our childhood, for me, my childhood was a lot more <laughs> of that than I remembered until I started doing that more recently, just because of some different family stuff. Yeah. Where I was just spun out being like, this is bizarre. What yeah. are these people thinking? And then I was like, dude, I do crazy stuff all the time where I look back at it and I'm like, I'm crazy. I, there, we're all in the same family system. Like I can definitely think of things where I would think to myself, I am also trained to dismiss myself. So I can be like, well, maybe they're completely insane and what they're thinking. And it's like, no, only a child would think that. And then it's like actually even crazier, you know? Uh, and then you have to bear that burden. And it, it gets hard to even trust yourself or your own perceptions in my experience. Uh, and I think that is why like, going into adolescence was such a like counter swing of like, actually fuck you, you know? And then I got actually fuck, no fuck you back, like <laughs> so much harder. Very but, hard. You know, yeah. and then we had to do that same shit at Excel, being like, what the hell is going on with Jamie? Like all the time, Yeah, you know? There was always weird stuff, like why is she overreacting? Like, how is she gonna react? And honestly, until you start examining it for me, and this has been very, very recent. Uh, I don't mind saying for the listener too, I did deal with a lot of personal stuff this year. I didn't even realize it. And I'm not gonna go into detail with it because I honestly just don't feel like crying. But uh, my wife and I also experienced it in my own way, had three miscarriages this year. And I didn't wanna talk about it on the podcast at all. And that's really the main thing I was thinking about. like as Success Movie Rewind was getting canceled, that was the third one. And it was like, so that was a lot in, in like a, less than a year. And that was just hard to deal with. So I, I, I don't mind sharing that with the listener too. So I think I just needed to figure out a lot of stuff. But one of the things I did during that, I was so depressed during that. And it, it's like, depression is a true mental illness in that it will make you delusional. Like it will limit your worldview and you'll see things in a way that when you later get a different version of reality, it's hard to match them up unless you're like, my lens was clouded. Uh, or it's just like your senses pick up what in your environment is relevant to you in that state. And when you're in a down state, there's not much that's relevant because you, you're not doing much. But it can build it on itself because eventually you identify with a person who doesn't do much. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to get too far down that road. But that whole like thinking, what are they thinking? Especially like having gone to Excel, having whatever childhood issues anybody has, it's so weird. I don't know, I feel like I'm just now unpacking just cause it, I had spun out so hard, like how many old patterns I was applying to what I thought was ambiguous data from my wife like based on like just my past experiences. And it was so much worse in my head than what was actually going on. But it really does become a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're, you act according to your worldview. And if you treat somebody a certain way, they'll respond. Uh, and so I feel like, I don't know, it's like a blessing and a curse, especially with holiday stuff. But 
it's like that kind of like just i just call it spinning out i don't know what but it's like literally it feels like a cyclone in my head of just like what if it's this what if it's this it could be this it could be this why am i doing this da, 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 da. and it's just like eventually i got to the point of like <sighs> it doesn't matter if if they're fucking with me then i need to be above it if they're not fucking with me, then they're just not really thinking about me. And that means they're taking up too much space in my head. And yes, if it's family, it's good. I really do believe in like Confucian filial piety. You should, if you can, have relationships with your family. It's especially good. I see now my parents, you know, prioritized letting the past be the past and letting their parents have a relationship with me. Yes. And I think that was the right move. I'm really grateful that they did that. And yeah. I, I'm doing the same thing. I just got, you got to talk yourself into it every once in a while, though. Oh, yeah. That's dude, what you're talking sure. about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one no one who hasn't had to have this conversation even realizes it's a conversation. <laughs> very true. Very true, actually. I think that's right. And that's where you got to be like, you know, let's just make this workable based on what is. Yeah, and if the date the date is ambiguous, just do your thing, man. You know what I mean? Like, say no if you want to say no, say yes if you want to say yes. And if there's agitation, you know, I mean, in theory, that's where like in, you have to start saying in theory because feelings get involved. And I mean, I'm one to talk, but I don't know, man. I think it's like an opportunity if you can see it to just be like, no, what do I actually want, rather than like going through this pattern that ends with me throwing up my hands. Like it doesn't end with me having clarity, let alone me bringing it to them and just getting what I want. It's not gonna happen because what, at least for me, what I want is them to totally be like, oh, wow, now I see things your way. Yeah. Like, sorry about that. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, I guess that would be nice. But if you fast forward the tape and that literally doesn't happen. I mean, if they like, stopped at things that make me, make me furious, that would really help a lot. Well, I think for there, like, even like little things, like on a visit to my parents, they will, my mom, I'll be in the backseat of the car coming from the airport. My mom will be talking to me a lot. And my dad, <laughs> my wife thought I was joking when I told her about this until she experienced it. He'll just turn the radio up because <laughs> he's not trying to hear it. So my mom will be trying to talk to me. And he'll just turn the radio up. Talk radio. <laughs> yeah. Why? <And> so, I <laughs> mean, I, I don't think he's like, oh, this will shut it down. The idea of connection is so scary to him? Uh, no, I mean, well, it's not like a connection type talk. It's like. Yeah, I, think, I, I mean well, connection we came, very broadly. Like, we came up here on the turnpike, but I think yeah. we'll use the parkway. Like, you know, yeah. it's that level. I mean, I guess he's probably pretty tired. And he's of trying to hear the Bloomberg. <laughs> so like but no i literally don't think he's yeah i don't know like, i am kind of I'm, well dude of course I, i'm miffed about saying like we'll take the kid for christmas you know what i mean like it's like that's crazy making behavior because you have to be like i could easily see myself turning the radio up well it's something I, i'm trying to <laughs> no but it's nonsense that he's listening like it's not like a major news story like he's just like this is what i'm doing so I need to be able to hear this. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't mean it's a major news story. I mean, like, if I'm hearing people talking, <laughs> I can get engaged. Like, my, I would say that's not, that. it feels like we're misusing the term hyper-focused. <laughs> if I'm talking about no, it's just not. paying attention to what's up. But, like, if I am getting in the thread, 
Like then I'm in the threat and I don't like being yanked out of it. And like, right, right, if you're, right. And if you're, no, ma- he's if you're standing channels. in between, He'll change channels. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, then maybe I'm. He's just doing his thing. Extending too much. <laughs> you're making great points for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just but... I can see myself like with Megan in the seat next to me trying to talk to someone like looking at me like who's this fucking asshole? He's turning the radio up. Yeah. And I just want to defend myself. There is something to that point. I'll tell you, people will think that (laughs) because that's what I'm saying. I eventually had to just be like, Hey, I can't do this. Like I, I, I can't keep ratcheting up our volume. We can talk when we get home. But like that was hard to do versus like, uh, every airport ride is just like 40 minutes of sensory hell. Uh, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, you just got to do like, I don't know. There's dude. One time I was, uh, I'd lost my wallet and that's my mom's the kind of mom where it's like, you can't let it slip around her that you lost your wallet. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. And then yeah. that's her. I mean, I didn't take it that well. She, she, she's got to like start looking around for it. Uh-huh. And she's like, did you check here? Did you check there? And then look, I have many gifts, but spatial, visual, like mm-hmm. reasoning isn't really my thing. Like <laughs> without corrective lenses, I'm not doing much. Uh, so I, I just don't see it. The same way, like, that's what I'm saying. Like my dad may not know it's root. He doesn't have that part of his brain that's like, hey, they're gonna think that you wish they weren't talking or maybe that they weren't even here. You know, he's just like, man, I can't hear. Uh, like, uh, I just like the other day I was looking for the attachments to my hair clippers mm-hmm. and the same thing. My wife was like, did you look in this cabinet? I was like, yes, but I'll look again. Go look in the cabinet, look at it. No, they're not in there. She goes and looks in it, finds all three missing like attachments. Mm-hmm. They're right in front of me. I did yeah, not yeah, see yeah. them. Yeah. It's no, I, crazy. I get kind of mad at myself by how much, cause like I was a kid and I, but I definitely think I was being an annoying kid whenever I like would just be like, I don't know where this is and <laughs> to find it. I'm just going to keep telling my mom, I don't know where it is until she finds it. I'd be it. like, look, you're going to ask me where it is eventually, first of all. So I'm just getting you ahead of the news because if you want it to be up to me, that's where it's going to end up. It's lost. <laughs> and now, if you, if and like I, that to change, I feel like it's a recent thing. Like, it's not like the entire marriage. So I've just been like, great news. We got a new mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they don't <laughs> but, like that, dude. They don't. But, uh, like I, I have tried, I've been trying to like d- d- get myself to more frequently. That's the other side get of, out the, of the cycle. But here's the thing, dude. Dude, it works. That's the other it's side great. of the She no, does know where the do stuff it, is. I know. I do that too, obviously, as I just said, but. You can't turn them into the new mom. I know, I know, they're, they're I know. The mom of the kid. I'm trying. You have to keep them. To, they have to <laughs> I'm rem- sure this having the kid, like she does it now. You have to fight like, to make sure so your good. wife is still a whore. You cannot give in to the Madonna <laughs> whore complex. Yeah. Keep them whorish. You have to. Uh, <laughs> but that's what Kanye failed to do, you know? Yeah, I don't know. He had the Donda Kim. Uh, uh, but anyway, dude, so my mom... Starts asking me, and my wife again, she saw it. So she was like, yes, that was crazy. But I was like 35 years old. My mom's like, did you check your pockets? And I'm like, yeah, I checked my pockets. It's definitely in your pockets. You, it definitely was not. I was like, I'll check again. That's this is not- qu- That's a, a good question This for is you. not a visual spatial 
thing at this point. If it's in my pockets, that's felt like that's a somatosensory thing. And you want to look at me with a straight face and tell me you've never lost your wallet in your pockets. I have, but I'm positive that you not after patting myself down like that. Okay. But maybe, you know, maybe, but my point is she treated, she stopped and frisked me. (laughs) <laughs> and she like <laughs> that's why and she lied that's about it that's crazy she, she like i was yeah, like I was. it was something like yeah i was like let's just go or something like we were supposed to do something or change something so she pretended to hug me <laughs> and then it's the kind of thing you don't want to fess up to yeah. and i literally like removed her hands from me and i was like what are you doing and she's like what no nothing nothing and then I was like, did you see that, Natalie? And she, she was like, yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's crazy making behavior, dude. It's good yeah. to have that validated. But it's also good to be able to tell yourself, like, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. No, and I just, I don't know. The Back to the enigmatic message stuff. I, I can, I know that uh, the, this relationship needs a lot more direct communication. And like I I I I say it over and over. Like I've I've given the speech about it several times. Ask me how many times they've heard it from me. Yeah, zero. Yeah, I'm always telling my wife about how they need to, or you know, we need to like uh, fix this thing. There needs to be more direct communication. But I don't directly communicate while doing it. And what if you told? So they reach out to your wife. They do to us what I did to them as kids. They, what does that mean? Like you figure out who's like the softer target. And so that's your wife? Yeah. Like they, so the stuff gotta, where they know I'm going to be like, are you out of your fucking mind? Of course not. So you got to uh, get they her. They just ask her. You got to get her firmed up, dude. She is. It yeah. never works for them, but they keep doing it. She's uh, great about it. She's that's good. Okay. Locked down. Well, then that is what it is, dude. If uh, that never changes. No, they need to just, but like, is it, what but, ends up like whenever they're like, hey, we were thinking we'll just take the kid on Christmas. Right. It, it turns into like, you know, whenever I heard the dis- suggestion, I was upset and yeah. it was difficult for my wife to interpret over text, uh, whether I was upset at her or them and you know, even like just in the course of talking about it, whenever I'm heated and like she's saying anything, I'm like, you know, in inclined to not treat it like uh, calmly, you know, right, right. I'm not feeling calm. So yeah. like these conflicts over their actions and their decisions uh, most healthily should happen with them. It shouldn't be an argument me and my wife are having because they're offloading it onto, you know, you know like course, they're trying to, they you know, have to stand strong. Yeah, so, well, I'm just saying, like, I think that if I, like, sat and directly said to them, like, hey, I can, I've noticed this pattern, Mm -mm. let's cease this pattern. Mm -mm. What? What are you saying? I mean, to me, it's better to draw boundaries. I've attempted to draw boundaries with them, and it's been successful generally. Good. Then you should keep doing that. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. When I say, I'm saying versus telling other people what to do set boundaries about what behavior you will and will not accept and engage with and stick to them because that's the only thing you can control. So if you keep texting Megan, I'm going to be the one replying to you. She's not going to reply. I'll reply to you. That's how that's going to work. I want to handle communication with you. You can text her. They don't even really text text her. They wait until they've got her in person so they can. She's going to tell you to talk to me about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, which, you know, that's already. Yeah. 
policy. Tell them that, and they'll either keep doing it or not. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think they will. But I'm just what I'm the the thing. I'm. I mean, whatever. The the solution to the problem is obvious, and you know, give it enough time, I'll uh, I'll get to it. But like uh, stuff like I mean, I guess like you could just the second you get to the house, front them up about it. But that it feels like uh, maybe better, more like just like next time it happens. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, just whenever they're always waiting until it's, uh, just her there. So like, I'm not there. So I could like call them, but that's aggressive. No, she's got to have Miranda. You got to make her do it. She's not going to do it. She doesn't want to do it. That's why she's in this spot is because she doesn't like, and and it's not her thing to do. It's my, it's my shit with my parents. I don't want to make, like, I can handle this, but like, uh, it's, I, I like, you know, generally to, uh, sort of like have these over the course of, you know, like. Like I said, I don't want to like just show up and be like, hey, I got a bone to pick with you. You know, you just kind of want to like have a conversation. So like, I don't know. I, I think it's helpful if like there's just time spent around them to like get into the to like do these things. And like, uh, I don't know, man. It's just like uh, because the I mean, I, I haven't even started in any way to describe the conflict. What? Oh, yeah. This is all a prelude. Oh my and God. because of things like the conflict uh i just don't want like i'm i'm finding it like they're inviting us to spend like all of like last with the weekend that just concluded with them and i was like after the thing i was just like i'm i i don't that would be me making a decision to abuse myself and i'm not doing that you should pay attention to that yeah no i did and i felt great about it but like uh i don't know so so i don't know how much that was in my head i mean by that point it had been resolved like they they were just like we've only got space for x number of adults but like if you'd rather it be you than us then that's fine with us we don't care and i'm like well <coughs> i definitely do care as demonstrated so uh yeah that's fine and it was great you know that's that's fine um and it, it was settled by the time all this happened but okay i don't know maybe it's like still i'm spun up a little bit because i definitely was pretty spun up you know i got this from a success podcast not mine Mm-hmm. They had good guests on there, dude, because the guests would come on and give their like motivational stump speech, you know? Yeah. You could tell when they were rolling out workshop hits, when they nice. were like about to roll up, you know? Like, uh, and do you remember that lady? She had a couple good ones, but uh, she was the one that was like, our purpose in life is not to avoid bumps and bruises. Like, about like, oh, I have aches and pains, I don't want to do anything. Like, that's not your job in life to minimize those things. You can do things as you're going to get older. You're going to have aches and pains. You got to deal with them, but there's more to your life. That helped really helped me put a lot of mind, body pain in perspective. And then you start doing things. You're like, I can walk. This is painful. Also, walking barefoot really helps because you step on something and the, as you're registering the pain, you already know the acorns falling off your foot or whatever. So just keep walking, even though it hurts. And you learn that it's almost dissociative uh but it really helps um but she also shit oh yeah she was like for the feelings if it's that big it's from when you were that small i might be doing it better than she did with that one but <laughs> i don't I, remember i think she said that. like if it's that big it's it's that old mm-hmm. but i would say if it's that big it's from when you were that small like when it's like why am i so spun up yeah, about yeah, this yeah, i yeah, really yeah. do feel like i'm five years old yeah. It's because that's when you like that's a, a hippocampal memory that's like triggering your emotional centers versus like a, a cortical memory that's like your logical centers. But the thing is, it hijacks your linguistic function 
which is your self-conception. So you don't know that you are now an angry consciousness, like, except you, you kind of are observing yourself that, but it, it is at least for me, like, I'll be like, Oh my God, why did I say that? Like, as I'm saying that I'm like, Ooh, this is not good. What I'm saying, like, I've learned to catch it a lot earlier. Cause that is the worst feeling in the world. But like, that's where it's like the boundary and just being like, I'm not engaging. I'm going to sit in the garage and think about why I feel this way and like figure out how to just take as much control as I can over this. Like, be, like you said, like, I'm not going to the visit the way it's laid out. If this is what this does to me, like, it's just not good. And it's not going to be good for anybody. Yeah. Like that's not an interaction that anybody wants to have. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's Christmas evening. It's come to the time where we should be starting to head towards the Great Wolf Lodge. But it's a hotel. There's no fucking deadline, you know? Like, the, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, check in at any time. That's one of the best parts. And so, uh, the um, Daniel's kids had just been given some gifts. And Izzy had already opened all of her gifts. But the idea that there were more things to open was really exciting to her. Even if, it, if, if they weren't hers. Okay. And so she went and handed, or she, you know, got buy-in from Daniel's Daniel's daughter. Like, hey, let's open this one now. This one looks cool. Okay. But they're small, so they couldn't do it. And you know, whenever they're older, they'll start to detect that. Uh, you know, if they just asked me, this all could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, you know, like, I guess my grandma was closer to them, so they handed it to her, and they were like, "Can you open to this?" And she, I, I don't even think that she asked. I think my mom just was like, "Don't open that," and was like, "We're we're about to go," and I was like, "We don't have to," you know. I, I don't even think I said all that. I was just like. She's going to be upset. Can we just avoid it? Can you just open it? And she was like, once we tell them we're going to the Great Wolf Lodge, she won't be upset. And then two seconds later, she does that. And Izzy cried for the next like 30 minutes. Jeez. And, uh. and so like that happened. But then like as that, as all of that's going on, like, you know, there, there's physically, like there's just no way that they could have forgotten that I predicted the thing that's happening in front of them right now. <laughs> like, I, I know they've got a fast memory, but like, there's just no way. I don't know. I feel like uh, you saw White Lotus, right? Yeah. I felt like they captured that well with the Tanya character. I don't even remember what it was, but when the assistant was bringing up something that Tanya didn't <clears throat> care about and didn't want to hear, it that reminded me of one of my old bosses, the, the one I beef with. Uh, like, it just doesn't register. Like it doesn't, like the neurons don't fire. They're perfectly made. Well, I don't for, like that either. I know. But it's like, uh, it's more hopeless kind of. But uh, but yeah, no one in the, you know, we got a room of 10, 15 family members. Zero of them are like, boy, well, I got a hint to you. You yeah, predicted yeah. all of this exactly. Yeah, they never will. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know, like thinking through the thing. Or just at least like, for me, that's the, where I landed. Like, what if they never will? Let's live as if that's true and be happy if you're wrong. But kind of like going into it, I don't know. I don't mean to step on what you were saying. No, I mean, it's, you know, like, if it's just me, whatever. But like, you're pissing off my kid. For sure. Like, it's, I'm not the one crying. She's crying. Yeah. And like... So I, I told you like the way to like not do it and you were just like no we can't do that i have to make her or she won't even cry and then yeah. she is and then no one you know whatever um and like 
Yeah, man. I don't know. I I was yeah. It was it was it was what you're describing. The like the if the feelings of that they, they were big feelings, man. Like I was sure. fucking you know like yeah, that's annoying, man. Get our stuff and like go to the you know we're like loading up the car or whatever. So I'm, I'm in I'm outside of the house. Everyone else inside the house with Megan. Megan's yeah. Megan's with me. Yeah. Um and like I don't know, man. Just fucking like fucking crying and yelling. Like just I and like I, I don't know yeah, when I just describe the stuff it is frustrating I think anyone would be frustrated but I don't think I don't think that I think I'm in the top one percent of people that have that <laughs> emotional reaction to this interaction. Well, that's what's hard too because because I really think it comes from like having to sit on so many things when you're younger. You do learn to do that and you learn to tolerate a lot, but it builds up so much that the, the feelings internally are so huge. And then when you do act, at least for me, I do have a track record of overreacting when I do finally act because I'm not, it's a cumulative. That word was very empowering for me to be like, this is a cumulative reaction. Just yeah. to explain it to myself, it doesn't justify if you're hurting someone in the present, they don't care uh like you gotta that's just passing on the enigmatic message to them like whoever gave it to you didn't sit with it enough that's why you have it if you have the ability to sit with it that's doing god's work like i really do think that if you can stop yourself from putting that on your kid or another person someone who works for you whatever uh you should do that because it sucks man that's why your kid was crying dude it, it all went downhill uh and the other thing, I don't know, man. They just never give any weight to the kid's feelings. That's what I was watching. You know, that yeah. she was like, no, her feelings are easy to be manipulated and so we can dismiss them. That That's yeah, her message yeah, by yeah. being like, True. we'll just tell her Great Wolf Lodge and then she won't care. Exactly. Uh, because that's like, what she wanted. That was most expedious for her at the moment. Yeah. Which is, dude, yeah, that sucks, man. That's just being like, this doesn't matter. I don't respect it. I can manipulate my way out of it. And if I don't, then like, whatever, it's a kid. Like, it's not me. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just, my whole life, like, I watched them put that weight on my emotions. And it's fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I demand more respect than that. Yeah. I hear that, man. It's a hard thing to figure out in practice. No, no, no. Anything like, like, I, I think it is useful to like draw your boundaries and like, you know, have, but like, you know, when I, whenever I'm listening to myself say like, I demand more respect than that, that is very like actor arranging the play, you know, like expectations exactly, like dude, that are, exactly. are going to create the frustrations. You're the director, but of only TC, you have to write the part for you. Yeah, and yeah. And like, you're, it's a documentary about you. You're, and I mean, you know. It's like a, a faux documentary, but only you are in on the fiction. You're the author of you. Yeah, and so like, I, you know, the way that that like can usefully be applied is is me being like, well, then I'm, I'm not going to go on this, like uh, spend the whole weekend thing. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, I I know. You got to draw your limits. Yeah, I know. I know how I want to feel. I know how I feel whenever I'm in these situations. I know, you know, what kind of environment I want to be in. Like, I don't know. I I think it is uh, fucking useful and not like overly uh, being the actor to be like I'm trying to create situations for myself where I'm going to be happy and I can trust everyone around me not to like not to just like put that sort of like lack of value on my emotions, you know. Yeah, well, and also, you, if you look at the actual emotion in this case, 
uh, not the like annoyance of being like, no, let's not do it this way, but the anger at the way it played out. I think anger is a, a demonized emotion often, um, but it's valid. And it usually for me signals that there has been a violation of a boundary that I may not have known that I even have, but it's like raw data that this is how you feel. It may be too intense because it's cumulative. So it, it doesn't mean it's appropriate to act in that like too in a proportionate way, but it doesn't mean you dismiss it all. So there, that's when I'm like, okay, what am I actually mad about? It's that I am this kid's parent and I said, we're doing this and that was the right call. Partially, I mean, I'm not saying you, but like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what you would think in that scenario, but like in the future, that's where I'm like, the anger is useful because the boundary you're drawing is like, you're being prudent and responsible. That's your responsibility as a parent. Like if you let your, your anybody decide that they have veto power over your parental responsibilities, uh, you know, when it goes bad, eventually you're going to have to be like, these people don't get a say like at all. Uh, but you know, again, that's what I'm saying in practice, it's hard because like, do you want to pick a fight every time? Like so, a lot of stuff can go different, even with my wife, like there's stuff I wouldn't do. I walk through the living room. She's the one watching her. I don't say a word. It's yeah. like, it's like at Excel, Doug said, put the knives Try. in the dishwasher and Linda said, don't, you know? So that's more crazy making because what you learn is that it's not about what's right and wrong. It's about who's in charge and who's got say so in power. <laughs> but that was true. And that's true in a lot of society. It is true. Uh, so I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that stoner podcast. No, that's good. But <sighs> it's tough, dude. It is tough. I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't know, man. Like they, I, one of the things I identified, this is, I think I've only had this revelation since the last time we did a podcast. So presumably this is new. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't remember. But, uh, I remember at Excel, they had us do an exercise where, like, they uh, had us, you know, write down all the people that we had beef with and <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of try to, like, establish some commonalities between them. And, yeah, yeah. you know, sort of the implication being, like, that could be, a like, you know, they didn't use the word shadow self, but, like, that's, that's, what's, that's what you talk about in that concept, right? Sure, sure. I would say so. Like, you're seeing behavior reflected to you that you don't like about you know like Often. it's yeah. yeah and uh you know i i remember basically that like some amount of like people would just never get never be straight with you whenever they were wrong like they wouldn't take responsibility like sure. that was that was one of the things that like really peeved me and so i was like all right well I've, I've, people who know me know that i traditionally especially as a younger person did not excel at that <laughs> Uh, and like thinking more about that recently, it was like, cause you know, thinking about things through the, what am I trying to model for my child? Mm -hmm. Like they were the farthest thing from modeling that behavior. And yet they were so mad. That was so much of the fights is like, you know, fucking teacher would write me up for whatever. Parents would come home and be like, so what happened? And I'd be like, well, the teacher was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then they, then, you know, we're going to fight until TC says that TC was wrong and, uh, that never happened. So we're yeah. just going to fight forever. 
uh and like i don't know where where was the thing where they were showing me like the proper way to to accept responsibility like how do i some people say are, that i was wrong you know like i well i mean some i'm not trying to justify anything but i do think especially the boomers probably everybody just different authority figures a lot of people think that is taking responsibility is deferring to the authorities and the people that are in charge and they get scared when they think about doing something different and they're scared when they learn that their family includes a deviant that is like not going along with what the should be the program. I'm just saying there was no time where I watched them be like, you know what? In retrospect, I probably could have acted better there and I'm sorry to me, to oh, anyone, that's never happened to me, to ever. my brother, like yeah. just the kind of thing that they're wanting me to do of like, yeah, you know what? That was my bad. I can see that now. Yeah. I I can't recall. Like, I mean, no. I guess maybe like a token, but like it, it's it wasn't a standout of their regular. Whereas, like, I do that to Izzy once or twice a week. Me too. Like, yeah. Are you comfortable with me standing like this? Yeah, yeah. Go Are for my it. genitals showing with my sweatpants? I, this way? I can't see them. They're it's, being covered up by the presidential book, from my perspective. That's right. Good. But if they weren't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest response. For the listener, I've uh, gone into a knees over toes, modified squat. (laughs) I was getting a little sore in my core, but I am still on the floor and feeling good. Yeah, just there's there's no time that they're like, you know, and now it's like this stuff, you know, the way that this gets resolved is like enough time passes that I'm not as angry about it. Yeah. And that's the full resolution. I, I don't well, know. Do you dude. have a next time lesson? Uh, I don't think I'm there yet, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not do. trying to rush you or give you one. I'll yeah. take one. I, well, I, would, yours, I would like to know. I would like to not be that spun up next time. I To me, one boundary that is important to me is don't contradict me in front of my family like that. Like, you're like, you know what I mean? Like, if. Like to me, like I was contradicting her. Is that that what you're saying? That's a little bit. You were contradicting your mom? She was the one that was like, don't open the gift. And I was like, no, open it. But who said open it first? You said, right? Like the kids were already The kids said, can we open this? My mom said no. And I was like, Uh, no, she's wrong. Okay. Okay. That's a little. Okay. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and so I, I, I understand the principle you're talking about, and I did violate it, but I don't really care about. Well, that I don't think that you, much. I wasn't framing it as something you could violate. I thought it was something that was a little more egregious from my perspective. From I thought you yeah, said yeah, go yeah. ahead and do Fair. it, and she was like, "No." I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna don't do that again." I would say that, but yeah. in your situation, it is that's harder. Yeah, so you don't want to be like, "Yo, you have nothing to say ever about." events that you planned or participated in yeah it's not my position it's yeah it doesn't sound i wouldn't seem that would seem disproportionate to me yeah i just you know that is tougher i just wish they'd talk this stuff out like i i I, like you know this is like uh uh, this feels like a part of whatever autism i have like if i was trying to explain if i was trying to say like no i do deal with that for example um i just want everything to always be like decided by arbitration 
<laughs> like I, I, I want to present my ideas. I want the other person to present their ideas. And I want fucking Aristotle to sit in between us and be like, you know what? It was him. I think Aristotle actually, that is his thing, was appointing himself as that guy. That's what like, I want That's to. most of his stuff. But yeah, last psychiatrist talks a lot about that. I feel like the solution, but of course you might roll your eyes. You got to get to George W. You got to be the decider. You got to love it. What do you mean? Like you're the paterfamilias, you know? You, yeah, no, uh, I was I was inclined to decide. Now, it's just once there's a conflict, I, w- I was ready to decide. My decision was open the fucking gift. Do it now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's just that like once there's like a disagreement about this stuff, yeah, like I just, I know my arguments could crush hers. And yeah, it's yeah, a fucking yeah. consistent fr- frustration in my life that that just doesn't tend Maybe to matter don't argue. much. Yeah, I would say don't argue, declare. Just yeah. be like, no, we're going to do it. Like, if you I get, did. I, I was like, no, open it. Yeah, and she, but then she didn't. Why? Grandma didn't want to be in the middle of the conflict. Yeah. She was just like, I'm I'm Switzerland here. Like, I'm backing off. I'm not committing a positive action. Oh, the grand, got it, got it. It's and my then, grandma, not hers. Oh, I forgot yeah. about it. I yeah. thought there's you a, were. There's a third person in this. Referring to your mother as grandma because no, that's no, no. what she is to no, the children. No, it's my actual grandmother was holding the gift. Shit. Okay. It's a bit of a complicated situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't be like, no, Nana, open it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough, dude. And like, you know. <laughs> I could have just gone over and been like handed to me all over it, but like, yeah, I didn't feel like escalating it. Like, I that would have felt childish, you know? Like, I, whatever. I just, what I want is for us to just like have a level headed discussion about these things and like, yeah, respect whoever's ideas are stronger. And, you know, that's a pipe dream. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, in like <laughs> nearly all situations, like, I'm, and, this is just, you know, I don't know. It's it's one of the ways in which I'm interfacing with the world that needs modification. I mean, yeah, that is tough. I might, to me, whenever I can't come up with like a strict, like next time I will X because it's hard to identify what even just happened here except the feeling. Mm-hmm. I like to bank the feeling and be like, next time I feel this way, I will recognize it's because I am worried that like we're going to have like the, a decision is being made that's going to adversely affect people I'm responsible for. Maybe me, maybe my family, probably the main ones. Uh, so if I feel that, I won't know exactly what the solution is now or the application, but I will pay attention to it. And if I can, I will say, what is about to happen that I'm worried about? Can I do something? Maybe not the thing I thought I wanted, but recognizing that there's an element that's out of my control that I'm recognizing, that's why I feel this way. What can I do now? You know, but it's hard in the moment. But I think labeling the feeling and being like, ah, yes, I've had this feeling before. I know what it is. You're immediately a- away from it. You know, so it's it's not got its hand. It's on the steering wheel quite so much. Yeah, and I think that helps you think better in in those moments. I mean, God help me, dude, yeah. when it actually happens. But yeah, no, I mean, you're so right. But like, also, like, of course, and like, you know, I'm not really saying this is like a advancing a good plan. Like, I know whatever, but like, uh, you know, as as you're saying, like, these feelings are so big because. Like, there's so many times where this has happened where, like, it just, you know, I'm the kid. I don't have a say. Mm-hmm. So, like, it gets whatever. It's, yeah. It, it feels so fucking like, you know, like uh, Darth Vader dipping into the Sith for the first time. Yeah, dude. I like, went and watched The Joker 
after yeah. mine, dude. Like, yeah. I was like, I will werewolf out. Yeah, like, dude, it feels do, so dude. good to <laughs> like, like fucking get, yeah. just like when I was flipping out in the yard. I'm like, this is what I always <laughs> wanted to be doing. And like, this is good. good. This is really good. It feels good, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it's like a, not a. It's like a bad kind of good. Yeah, like it's not, you, get a, you, know, you know, you're not going to live a satisfying life if you're staying there a lot. Not even close, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I want to live a satisfying life. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know, you know. I don't know. I, I, because I, I, like, I definitely don't, like, just, agree. I, I'm not inclined to agree. I don't, like, I, I don't think there's a way I can, like see her worldview that i will endorse like of just this basic thing of like the kids feelings aren't that important and it's easy like i don't like manipulating my kid i don't i try not to do it you know i mean like of course everyone has to at some point like you know i'm not a purist about this stuff i've felt the fucking bullets of wartime with parenting but you know know in your heart when it's benevolent and when it's not i think i mean yeah and i and i just I, don't, I I really try to be as close to an absolutist as about it as practically possible, just because, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's a good principle to work off of, like to just be honest in your dealings with all the people, just be straightforward. Like, don't. What I liked about what you said earlier is that you apologize a few times a week to your kid, which means that you are at least sometimes recognizing when you've fallen short of that. Yeah, and I just don't know that everyone has that going the same way. And you may have it too much, but like at times, but I wouldn't let go of it because I would cultivate it because I, I yeah, have, no, I'm trying, you know, to, I, I try, but I've also I think been it's a like, really healthy habit. Yeah. But you're going to have gaps and of course. You, you can't, otherwise you'll end up just supporting whatever authority figure, you know, says you have to have values and you have to be confident that you can act on them like better than someone else. Cause that's the responsibility you have, I think. Yeah. Uh, but you also have to recognize that one of those values is like humility and just knowing that it's like 10th step, dude, continue to take a moral inventory. And when you're wrong, promptly admit it and listen when people tell you whether or not they tell you directly with words, when you get data, I did this thinking it would be fine. The kid's freaking out. Oh, I have a track in my head that's telling me that's also fine. Yeah, I, do you I, just you think know. that by the time we reach our 60s, like if you were well, doing dude, that process? That's back to the comment on Caroline Allison's <laughs> Tumblr, dude. You have to have a transmission experience where someone is like, yo, you're missing this part. You have to pay attention to it. And it's like, they either do or they don't. Like, you know, at the end of Magnolia, when the kid's like, dad, you gotta be nice to me, dude. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. It's great that he said that. Like, that's a, po- a hopeful, positive note for him to end on. Yeah. It's not obvious that the dad's going to listen. Yeah. You I'm, know, but, I'd bet against. Yeah, exactly. And like, that kid, he's going to have to figure that out or he's going to end up like, you know, Donnie William H. Macy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not his fault. It's that cliche. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility because you're not the best father you could be if you're like in the throes of those big emotions when someone does something that you can't control. Yeah. And I was thinking, I don't know, dude, I had like a whole, like a thought about, you know, ways to approach, not even like this specifically, but just like, I was like, I want to talk with them more. I don't know. I had an epiphany along those lines and I, and I was like, this weekend together will be great. But then I was like, I can't do that now. Not like this. I'm not, 
whatever. It's, and like, I think that it starts with like, uh, you know, of course, as we've talked about on here plenty of times, just connecting with like, like the kind of thinking that I am applying to my life, just apply it to theirs. Just like try to see things. And so like, you know, they had parents where exactly. like the, the stakes for them, if they admitted that they were wrong, were so high that they wouldn't even consider admitting yeah. that they were wrong. Like they don't want to get fucking hit. For you sure. Know? They don't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they're terrified of it. So, and like rightly so. Uh, and so of course, like I, I, I see clearly and with sympathy, the elements that would create this soup of uh, denying responsibility and like, you know, not being inclined to be like, you know what, TC, you said they were going to cry. I said they weren't. It's five minutes later and they're crying. I guess that was my bad. Yeah. It's scary to figure that out, though. Yeah. Like, it, not for me, but maybe if I really did screw it up big time, it would be. You know, but until you do it, I can see how it would be. I don't know. I don't know, man. I guess I always was so annoyed so early on that many adults were not admitting that they were wrong. I distinctly remember I was a bit of a know-it-all as a kid. And uh, I had smart friends, dude. Like Cranberry had smart people in it. And I believe you, it was like, and Princeton High School did too. Uh, I also believe that. Yeah, it was cool. It was like a cool way to grow up. And we would get in like arguments all the time. And I remember my two friends, the guy who he's like, they, they were smart kids, dude. One of the kids went on to be an MIT professor and his dad was the minister at the Presbyterian church. And then the other dude, I think was the dude that made Rogue Amoeba. Okay, uh, nice. You know, our beloved program. Yeah, it's a software company. This yeah. Audio that, software were, for Mac. Yeah, he was in my class at Cranberry. We were boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so nuts. I'm not sure if it was him, but it was the definitely the minister's kid and another kid. I had a pretty lengthy back and forth with their customer service department. Tell me what you thought, dude. We'll get Paul on the pod, dude. Uh, it was good. It was a little tedious trying to just, I like whenever that computer was new, like I bought that computer when it came out. Yeah. The Mac Studio and uh, Studio Display. And uh, their shit just wasn't working with it. And it turned out eventually that it was not the computer. Because they were like, we tested on the computer. Computer's fine. It wasn't the computer. It was the display. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> they eventually did it. But like, you know, the, hey, basically I was the first person that they were interfacing with. That like, like this was a, you know, virgin territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, so they were having me do a lot of debugging and stuff. And it was That shit annoys me. I, yeah. You know, I can't deny that. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I don't, I didn't think, they conducted themselves wonderfully. Yeah, yeah, it's just an inherently annoying task yeah. in some ways. And eventually, you know, it all works now. But anyway, those two dudes, whoever the second dude was, mm -hmm. they just came up to me like with a gleam in their eyes of like, maybe they thought they were bullying me. There was definitely like, being aggressive is fun. And there's also like, I'm not going to lie, this was a beta uprising. For sure. You know about the, <laughs> the beta uprising? I mean, I can understand uh, the term. When the betas ahead. and omegas get together to, to take out the alpha. Yeah. You know? Oh, I, I, I watch it in my life. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, dude. I, yeah. No, I'm aware. I live my life in perpetual terror of it, dude. Not <laughs> terror. An alpha. I, I mean, it's not terror. It's just, you know, 
once this little thing is done, just remember, you go back to you and I go back to well, no, exactly. Yeah, I was like, I go home and fuck the prom queen. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, all right, dude, whatever this is. So they came up and they both like were in my face and they were like, can you just say that you're wrong? You know? And I just immediately was like, it all filled in. I was like, they've had a conversation about me, just them two. Like, I guess they think I'll never say I'm wrong. Which is like, I'm sorry, dude. I mean, if you guys could try being right, I wouldn't if have I to. I have to prove you, know. you wrong again. I'm happy to. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, do you want about a specific thing? Do you have something in mind? And they were like, no, just say it. I, you know, I, can you even say it? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong every I'm day. I'm wrong all the time. And uh, they were just like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, what, what's up? Glad I could settle and, it for you. Yeah, it was like a little thing, but it did stick with me. But I was like, <sighs> like it or not, dude, like those guys were kind of, they were my friends. Like that was a bitch move, you know, but you can't blame the betas. Uh, and so like, obviously you're a little bit over the top with being, thinking that you're right all the time or like being too blustery. I didn't, I don't know if I had all that vocab, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Rain it in. Uh, so since then, dude, I've, I always think of that incident whenever it's time to say you're wrong. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm wrong, dude. There's so much power and it relieves whoever you're talking to almost always because almost no one actually enjoys being like, yo, you fucked up. Like if they do, it's because they've worked themselves up in that state. Like very few people natively enjoy it. It's unpleasant. Uh, so if you can kind of play jujitsu with it and take the sting out of it almost for them of just being like, look, I did fuck up. Here's what I think I can do about it. I'm really sorry, you know, whatever. Uh, I think people appreciate like, I don't I mean, know. It's, so, it's just so frustrating it didn't apologies. happen because it would have been like, like, it's just so easy, you know? Well, I, mean, I feel like, like we all know that you're wrong. It's not like it's, you got egg on your face then. You had egg on your face the second my kids started fucking scream crying. See, you know? to me, like, I, as like a person of faith, I do have to think there's like a little twinge in everybody that is the like the crying out of their higher self being like, yeah, we could have done better here, dude. I hope. But this, this it is available to us as humans to turn away from that. Mm -hmm. Some people would call it sin and kind of push it down and be like, no, I was right. Uh, and that's where I feel like it, it may be like a, it's a true moment of like, that's supernatural grace. Like it's a power greater than quote unquote you because you are the thing that thought you were smart enough to make the decision you did like that you could arrange the yeah. pieces yeah like being know? wrong is great yeah it's like it's like yeah it's a but like there's no reason you should have that you can't like be like here's why i have that perspective and other people don't because other people went through what you went through or worse and don't have it and other people had easier lives than you and do have it yeah. Like it's grace. It, I, you can't yeah. uh, really say this person has it because of this and this person doesn't. Yeah. It's kind of like where, what Megan was trying to drive home in the conversations about it. And like, it's sort of, you know, like, I don't know, I don't want to point fingers. This isn't a compliment, but, uh, you know, whenever I, I like it, one of my biggest things I've thought about, about my family relations over the last couple of years is just kind of the realization that like, they don't really engage in abstract thought. Like, it's just not really what they do. And, like, that is, like, a major contributing factor to, like, me feeling different than them. 
Yeah. And, you know, feeling like I'm apart from my family is like where a lot of this stuff starts. You know, like that's why I have a podcast, right? For sure. It's because like I didn't, you know, I didn't feel seen by them. And so I'm trying to convince these people out here that, you know, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, so like, but that, so that's like the, you know, in one way, the root of the problem, then in another way, contributing to the problem because like this, you know, like the what I, you know all this stuff you're saying about like the voice and grace and stuff I just you know I I don't know like I don't think they'd be the rude or dismissive but like I think you could go a million years and like that thought's not like passing through their head unprompted you know yeah 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 and you can't even force it dude like I'm telling you there's a the very particular frustration of knowing you said something directly and cogently and concisely to someone's face and watching it go in one ear and out the other and knowing yeah. that it didn't stick. That's why I was talking. There was a moment in White Lotus where that happened and I paused it and I was like, that's what so-and-so's like. You know, like, I just like, it's so frustrating because you just want to scream. Like, it's like, yo, I'm a per I'm a whole person existing in front of you with thoughts and feelings. And you, I'm not mad that you didn't guess. I, I'll even just tell you. And you can't, it like feels like you're being ignored and in a way you are, but in a way it's just not data that hits the, their like relevance filters. And that's like a different kind of heartbreak. Uh, and it's like, I don't know, you just gotta say a prayer. And I, I don't know, I think that song's pretty good. You gotta see that you were a wretch, dude, <laughs> you were blind. Uh, and just literally be grateful for the twinge. And be like, that's a gift from God, and I have to take it seriously and investigate it and apply it. Yeah, and it's it's hard to do and practice at times, but it, it actually isn't, and it gets easier every time you do it, and it gets harder to not do it, and that's why you should keep doing it. Yeah, like, and dude, not to be too corny, but in his dark materials, like the other night, I was watching it, and spoiler alert, it involves a person and their parents, you know, like many mm -hmm. great stories. And a parent is like, you know, you you got that from me. You're so much like me. It was a very empowering moment when the protagonist was like, actually, no, like I'm the opposite of you. Like that's why I'm doing this. And just to like put that own meaning on yourself again helps you be firmer in those boundaries when you like feel the need to draw them now. I think like just being like, this is why it's important uh, because you need that self validation like as a foundation in the moment. Because you're not going to, that situation is way too specific <laughs> to be like, the next time we're at Great Wolf Lodge and yeah, the kids are yeah. too dumb to open a present, like next year though, they can open their own presents. You know, yeah. it's like a different thing. It'll be like, don't go on the jet skis or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, that's got to be a minefield too. What, the jet skis? Yeah, because it's their jet skis. I mean, you got, you kind of got to defer a little bit there. Yeah, it hasn't been a problem. You know, one time my dad... Everyone's respectful. My brother and I wanted pizza from Cranberry Pizza. Mm -hmm. And I was annoyed at my dad for something. I don't remember what, but I think he sensed, because correctly, I was like, I'm so looking forward to driving into like, so quote unquote town. Like we live kind of in a... Our neighborhood was built in the early 90s. And like the real cranberry, like we were built in converted farmland mm -hmm. and old timey cranberries from like the 17 and 1800s. 
That's mm. where Cranberry Pizza is. Burned down recently, very suspiciously. Mm. Uh, exactly. Uh, but literally said to my dad's face, every we were at a, had a family gathering that we were like going to provide food for. And Cranberry Pizza is good. It's like New Jersey style pizza. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. or a, like, that's what I call it. I don't know as I say that out loud that that's even a thing. But I guess you would call it New York style. Like it's it's that yes. you know, yeah. uh, it, it's I wanted it certainly. Uh, everyone had kind of my brother and I had quote unquote built consensus around this option. We mm -hmm. knew exactly what to order. We told that to my dad, and then he was like, "All right, well, we'll just wait." And like an hour later, we were like, "Well, we better order that pizza." And he was like, "Yeah, I just ordered Domino's." <laughs> <laughs> that's something else man. oh and my brother and i were just like what the hell dude like that's crazy yeah uh and i literally i think he sensed Ooh. that i was gonna unload on my brother about him like i think he like yeah. he like sensed that we were gonna go off together and like he knew what was on my mind and he shut it down somehow but i don't think any of that was in his like conscious mind Mm -hmm. Like it was just like he didn't know why he ordered Domino's, you know. Like yeah. I don't think, like it's he doesn't eat pizza even. <laughs> like <laughs> he's never ordered Domino's in his life, you know. That's also like Domino's is a non-pizza person's idea of what pizza to order in a crunch. That's not true. <laughs> when you're just like, ah, oh, they're gonna get pizza. I got it. Ah, they make Domino's delicious pizzas. I know, dude, but I'm telling you, it's abnormal. We've never had Domino's except yeah, yeah, me yeah. ordering it like as a 12-year-old. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just like that kind of stuff. You just got to be like, that is ultimately going to be a mystery to me. Exactly yeah. what happened there. And that was very frustrating. But if he does that for the rest of my life, it's still important enough to me to have a good relationship with him, for my kids to have a good relationship with him. Uh, and it's doable. That's the thing. So yeah, it's no, like, yeah. I mean, I, that's where I'm at. But it's just you know, I <laughs> like I just I I it it feels dumb of me to like give time, attention, power to people who I cannot trust to like consider my feelings enough to not put this kind of scenario on the table. Yeah, uh, no, there's a loneliness. like self-destructive behavior. There's a loneliness in recognizing that those are the facts of your life. Yeah. There, it, it, it doesn't feel good. It sucks, like, dude. I, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's obviously the right thing. This and is, like, yeah. I don't know, uh, personal development being a solo journey is difficult. Like, But it is. I, well, I feel God's like, with one set of footprints, dude, of course. but Yeah, yeah. But I just, you know, I don't. We could, we could solve this real easy if they, like, if I could yeah, but tried half as hard as I am to improve themselves as I'm trying to improve myself. Yeah, I, but I, not. So you fucking, have to try twice as hard. Like, I know, but I, I don't, I don't even know what to. Like you said, if you know, like, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't, I don't have any fucking clue what I can do. Well, dude, like, I, 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 I know the easy solution. Fucking, you know, fucking consider my feelings every once in a while like to me yeah you know? i actually well i think the easy solution for you first of all is for you to keep doing that like in an introspective way and i just recently read about this but i read about it like 
right after I went through it, which was very helpful. Uh, but Melanie Klein, who is one of the early Freudians, she came up with, basically she traces everything. She has this thing called object relations theory, which is like the object just means your primary caregiver in your primary years. Uh, like that's your object in life, the main thing you're relating to the world through. And if you don't get all of your feelings, like if your mother, for whatever reason, or caregivers together are not, and no one is perfectly, like someone else came up with the idea of like the good enough mothering, like rather than a perfect mother. But basically if you internalize an, an, a negative set of object relations for whatever reason, that's in her view, uh, comes back, you know, it is a childhood origin uh, thing. And I'm trying to think how to put this. It relates back to having feelings that were too big for you and your caregivers to manage. And so you kind of had to pocket them into behaviors that got you through the situation, but that are kind of long-term maladaptive. Uh, and you kind of have to repress that you did that because you can't keep thinking about it every time it hurts too much. So you come up with your best copes and that's who you become. And then eventually those copes run you into the road and then you have to live life without them again. And that's why they're so big again, because you never got anything other than your copes, which were just like patching patches over the leaks or whatever, whatever yeah. metaphor you want to use. Yeah, And so when you have to go through that pain again, it's a blessing and a curse because it hurts like you're a child. It really does. I've gone through this since I've got fired, like over, like I've done this like three times now, I think, like over different issues. Yeah, no, they, they could, <coughs> you know, they've done stuff like this all the time and I wasn't fucking crying yeah. and screaming. Well, so what you, she says what you do during this time, like necessarily is grief. And that's one of the feelings you have to pay attention to is just grief that the ideal that you're comparing things to, if they would just, that doesn't happen. But that's what you wanted. And in some ways, that's what everybody needs and wants and didn't get because people are imperfect and had their own backgrounds. But you have to grieve the, as, for the child who didn't get that so that you can, you know, because as an adult, now you can label and use your adult tools to kind of touch the part of you that needs to get up to speed or that just, you know, it didn't grow up with the rest of you because it just got buried under copes that you no longer are able to apply seamlessly. Like you're just showing the seams of these copes. Like you're realizing that they don't work uh, and you're frustrated because you don't know what does work. And she says that's a necessary part of the process of just feeling that grief that you didn't feel before because you coped. So just being like, this fucking sucks, dude. This just sucks. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't know what to do. I know what I wish happened and there's no way I can make that happen. I can't make it have happened. And that just really sucks and I'm sad, dude. I And maybe you have to like cry. Maybe I, like for me, like watching films and stuff, sometimes things will hit you in weird ways. And you just gotta sit there. Uh, are those my AirPods by the way? No, they're mine. Are you? Okay, I see mine now actually, okay. Uh, and so she calls that the depressive position. Yeah. And it's almost like you have to give up in the depressive position and just accept what is and just be like, fuck. 
And then it's like, to me, this is maybe bridging it into a faith-based discussion, but it's like, you kind of have to accept that you have to sit in the dark before you can even pray for any kind of light to enter the tunnel. And it's like, you have to be like, maybe I'm just in the dark. And all right, what then? I, I guess I'll just feel for the wall and just keep walking, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. try to find some food or like, you know what I mean? And then it's like, you just keep moving and stuff occurs to you. And if you pay attention to enough of it and like string it together, you just find yourself making better decisions or like noticing stuff more and more. And it's so, it's like very slow, dude. All I've, you know, we would just make stoner podcasts, but I feel like I was coming from very far behind many, many versions of the starting line. And in other ways I was ahead of it, but I don't know. It's just like, I've been dealing with this exact same pattern, not the same issues, but the same pattern lately. And it sucks that like the best thing to do is give up. But it's like, there's power in that because only when you give up everything, I, it's like sifting through the bullshit and the only things that remain are what's in your control. And it may suck because it's almost nothing, but it's not nothing. And it's it's empowering, dude. It, but it, dude, I don't know. My sympathy goes out to you because it's just a shitty position and you have to just remember stuff. And I don't know, just uh, it's very easy to think about what could be and it sucks to realize that it actually cannot be. Like it, it's only, it's almost like you were like, they, I wish we could get more abstract. You're, it's almost like I do this, like I get too abstract into like, we are so far into like platonic ideals. We're not talking about the people that I claim are upsetting me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just grief. This is to me, honestly, a lot of my issues are with women. Like I go, I get spun out when my wife and I fight. You know, I get very, very upset. I feel very disconnected. And I eventually have to realize there's not a woman on earth, nor all women on earth are ever going to plug. But I guess I could tell the listener I found out I was adopted. Uh, but like that, you know what I mean? It's like what I'm grieving is that I'm a human being that has wants I that I will. But okay. like, <laughs> I think this is a good point. But it's like, I just have wants that are bigger than the world can <laughs> give me. And that they're like, it's you know, a cliche, but that's a yearning for the God, dude. You, and it's within you anyway. You, you just have to go through all the bullshit to get to it. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's like, you got to grieve that. And the other thing I, that really helped me think about it in a good way is that empty hollowness that you feel that is the feeling of grief. Like to me, it's like your chest gets carved out. And, uh, I think that's probably why we started talking about heart, like as a metaphor like that. Um, but I realized like the same yearning that I felt as a kid for like somebody who would understand me, the same yearning I felt in various relationships over the years when they weren't going the way I thought they would, the same yearning I felt when I wasn't in any relationships and I would wish I had people in my life. Uh, the other night I was just like going to bed and it's like, so again, I don't want to make this weird. I'm drawing a line from childhood general loneliness, then as an adult relational loneliness, and then a new kind of it. So I'm not just drawing a line from romantic partners to my daughter. I want to be clear about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did find myself just hardcore missing my daughter just as I was falling asleep. 
I was just like, dude, she's right in the next room. She's so cute. I experience like, that all the time. Yeah. I was just like, I want to go in there, dude. Yeah. Like, and my wife does go in there every night now because she takes her toys into her crib and she's always like sleeping fucked up like on top of like a plastic thing or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you just want to go in there. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't wake her up. But anyway, I was like, you, it's not the right thing to go in there. You just have to sit with this yearning. And I'd wanted to so bad. And I was just like, oh, this is the same emptiness, dude. This is just like a capacity to love that you're not maxing out right now. It's so awesome that there are people in your life that normally you don't feel this lack because you two connect. Like that's good like that's a good thing the same when you have to feel a grief of like why don't the people in my life do x y and z why don't they consider me this like that's dude i read this quote like in a book a long time ago i think it was this writer raymond carver mm -hmm. i have no idea what it's from because it was just a quote in the beginning of another book but i want to okay. read the story it's from it's haunting dude it, it goes like this it goes what did i want while I was on this earth. And it was like, I wanted to love and to call myself beloved. Dude, I, that's like really rocked me. It's like, that's all anyone wants. And when you're like, these people yeah. that, you know, we quote unquote love each other, they're falling short and I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? It's like, you're gonna make everyone that loves you feel that way at some point. And you're just gonna have to hope that you're enough despite that. And you won't be, but they'll think you are because they love you. You know, yeah. like it's like a mutual delusion that helps you both and it's good. But like, you gotta, I don't know. It's like, you gotta feel it so that you have that full capacity. And then just like, I don't know, like more options will open up to you because you your frame is bigger than like, how can I articulate what they should be doing but are not doing, you know, rather than like, what's going on here? What do I want? Why? How can I get that? Can I even get that? Can I get something resembling that? Should I even, you know, want that? Do I have to just sit with this? Like, I, it's just a bigger frame. None of those options are like, should I go to Disney World? But they're better. And again, part of it is just being like, just take what you got, do your best. And be grateful. Yeah. Because some people never get to see those options, dude. They just live in an I was right world. And they get further and further from reality. And your world gets smaller and smaller. And that's what I worry about with old people with money, dude. Which, if I don't get my act together, maybe I won't be one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm trying to be. But I think that's kind of the problem is like, as you succeed in life, you become the person that's on top of more of the power dynamic. There's always like the master-slave dialectic where you're kind of controlling each other. The kid can cry enough to modify the caregiver's behavior in some way. Sometimes it means the kid just gets hit harder, but sometimes it means they go from aggression to passive aggression and that fucks the kid up a little less or maybe just differently or, you know, whatever. But as you get more older, you accrue more resources, you become the senior person or whatever in relationships, let alone with your kids. It's like, it does change you and it's hard to check yourself. It's hard enough to listen when someone checks you. It's hard to foster a dynamic where people on the other side of the power dynamic are comfortable checking you without like going through anxiety crises. You almost have to not take anything personally if you're on top of the top of it and be like, they're panicking because I'm the powerful one. 
and just be like, what are they worried about? Let's assuage that and then maybe we'll get to what I want. But I'm probably gonna have to trick them and make them think it was their idea. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, I don't know. Like I better hope and pray that that's good for both of us. If it isn't, they'll, they'll tell me, I think. Like I hope and pray that they will. And they may not use their words. It may be their behavior and I gotta infer it. And that means I have to consider very bad possibilities. The good news is I've been trained not to trust myself from my traumatic childhood. And maybe that's a fucking blessing, dude. You know, maybe grace is coming, like turning something bad into something good that way. Like, I don't know. It's all we got though. So I don't know. We'll take it. I'll take it. Let's feel, this is good life skills, dude. We're hitting the groove at this point. This is a good life skills. I do. Like, I think it is uh, the opinion of my family that I'm currently failing them. So. <laughs> We, uh, we, we can't stay in this group for too long, but I feel like at the very least you need to explain the uh, claim that you were adopted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not adopted, I'm, but I was kind <laughs> of adopted by my biological parents. <laughs> like, uh, oh, my God, this, this is crazy. Uh, I mean, if you want to come back and... Mm, uh, who knows? It could be months. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just saying offers on the table for me. I'm being told we can't do it during the day when the kid's home anymore. But your job? Yeah. Oh, really? Dang. But uh, you know, there, that leaves plenty of time. She's in school most of the time. Any, any fucking random Tuesday. Well, I'm, I'm going off the chest bucks right now, but I normally don't slam a, a grande. Yeah, yeah at I 3 p.m. I know. Uh, and. I also am trying to boomerang my sleep schedule right now. So this is working well. What time is it? I think it's like 5.30, 5.45. Oh, so how long have we been going? 2.45? I, I don't know when we started. Is that what it says? I can't see from here. I mean, the listener can Pretty just good, look down dude. at their phone. What is it? 2.51. There you go. Uh, we could leave them hanging for the adoption story. I could tell the whole story of me Irish ancestry. It all plugs into I mean, into I, I would love to hear the <laughs> full, like, your thoughts on the entire thing. I mean, I've heard a good amount of them, but I, and I enjoyed it. And I'd love to, you know, but, you know. I mean. It's all good. Uh, I don't want to big it up. Too. I hate telling, like, being like, I've got a great story. And then it's like, it's shorter than you think. And it's a letdown. I like to let them fly when it's in the moment. So, <sighs> yeah. It's a crazy, I don't know. I always felt close to my grandma who she, you know, it's like an old school Irish immigrant family. She was the chill child of immigrants. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she died during COVID. Mm -hmm. And another thing that you think is weird that my family did, but I think it was actually, it worked out really well and I'm glad they did it. Not because first of all, I got to participate. Was but, a little confused, but I'm not, they, know, it's not my family. I don't prefer to make the calls. They had, I don't know if they even said it was because of COVID or if they were just like, we don't want it to be a slapdash affair. I mean, it's quite clearly post-vax. So oh, they, they could have said it was COVID or they could have said it was not COVID. But it, in my mind, it wasn't a proxy, like it, it wasn't a major factor actually. Well, okay. Let me first of all say- vax. Uh, my family likes being Irish in general, but they're not down with the big time stereotypes like that. Like uh, my grandma uh, said no wake. Okay. She did not want it. Okay. So I think for one, I, to be fair to my family, I would say they were being respectful. Cool. Uh, but they had a, a small memorial right after she died. 
And my parents were like, don't even bother coming up for that. Mm-hmm. Which sound, you know, but they weren't like mean about it. They were like, we're going to do a thing. You can come up for that. Uh, but that's going to be in a few months because that way, whoever wants to come can make plans. They won't have to rush. Uh, we want whoever w- wants to come to come. And, you know, we want it to go right rather than whoever's available in the next two days. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's actually pretty fair. It, it, they took like a few months to plan it, my dad and his sisters, and a lot of people came. So it was good. They had to turn people away. Like they overbooked oh. it. Uh, so my dad, dude. It's a bit tough to be that family. <laughs> well, my dad, he's funny, dude. He, I think, gets a little bit anxious. He was cute, dude. He planned this whole thing with his sister. So the day before, I think he's also a verbal processor, but he didn't realize it's a gift to realize you're a verbal processor versus just being like, why do I say what I say and all that. But he got the legal pad out and he had every family member, groups by family. He, ra- he ranked them. <laughs> basically. Them. And who got invited and in what context. And then he told me like, he had to call. They're going to have to get their own room. He, no, he called like 20 people and he was like, don't, we, you can't come. We appreciate you saying you wanted to come. We overbooked. 20 Our bad. Yeah, it was like, because dude, my grandma was well-loved lady, dude. She That's was beautiful. very active in the church. She was active in her community. Uh, her, my grandfather who died while I was at Excel, mm-hmm. uh, who I talked to right before he died, but I, I didn't, you know, spend time with him, which I think sucks, but I'm glad I got to talk to him, but mm-hmm. he was about to die. Like he died like two days later, but, uh, his sister is the mayor of the city that they live in. Hmm. Uh, grandpa's sister. Mm-hmm. How old is she? She's a young, kind of fucking I don't want to estimate because she looks a lot younger than she is. Uh, she's she's an interesting lady. She's okay. cool. I met All her right. at the thing. I'd never met her. Okay. But uh, it's like, uh, it's a cool town. It's called Spring Lake. It's on the Jersey Shore. That does sound and nice. It's a very wealthy Republican community, but she's a Democrat, but they she keeps getting elected as mayor. They love her. I don't know her name. Uh, but anyway, so I went up for that and she was like the eldest of a bunch of kids. And her dad worked a lot. He was like an engineer and it's so ironic. I had no idea. He was like the biggest union dude of all time. He named my great uncle, John Jack, after John L. Sullivan, allegedly. Uh, who was like the big union dude, like in the thirties. So this dude was like, you know, everyone came from Ireland. He, he was an engineer for the railroad or whatever. Um, and she like took care of the family. So the only kid that's alive after her was her, her youngest brother, this dude, Gene, who rules. He's a cool dude, but he's old now. Uh, you know, he, I think he was on in a wheelchair, And my dad told me, that's what I was saying. He went through the legal pad. He gave me the whole rundown and this will become relevant. And he had speakers selected like representatively from among the constituents of the people who cared about my grandma. Yeah. Cause it wasn't like a drunken Irish wake free free for all. It was a Sunday afternoon. There was a bar, but nobody got sloshed. Uh, And so. Wasn't like Pat Tillman's brother. I suppose. He got real drunk at Pat <laughs> Tillman's funeral, fucking got up there and gave some yeah. thoughts. Dude, they didn't want any of that, dude. At my cousin's uh, wedding rehearsal, 
the best man started ta- ta- doing antics stories, dude. Mm-hmm. My dad shook his head in disgust. I love that. <laughs> he got great. up. He was like, "I don't think no. it was my my cousin is my dad's godson." So my dad, oh, I think, boy. was like, yeah. "I will not, not endorse to my this." Godson. <laughs> like, uh, you know, they they have their own backgrounds. Um. Anyway, uh, so like. But that's what I'm talking about, like doing all the thinking and the overthinking. What are, do they mean this? Do they mean that? Was this ambiguous? Was that? You can end up overthinking even when things aren't even there, even when your parents aren't jacking with you. You can be like, what the hell? And so my dad was like, yo, the eldest child of every branch of the families is going to speak, basically. I got it broken down. Nobody can say they were selected for any reason. It's a neutral criteria. <laughs> like, you know, like my dad's very fair minded uh, in his, in he's a way. He's an arbitrator. He is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's retired now. He, hate, dude, he would not do Zoom. That's not his biz, dude. Okay. He's in person only. Uh, so COVID, he, he hung it up. All right. Uh, and now he's liking retired life, I think. Dude, did I tell you they went to Jerusalem? I think he did, yeah. They were balling out. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh so i would like to see the mountain where it's gonna go down you know it'd be a fun trip my dad touched the wall i'm pretty sure take like a ton of mushrooms and be like there's the apocalypse mountain probably what my dad did i don't think my dad was the rough beach beast slouching towards bethlehem (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyway so gene dude he stands up all he can get out in between the tears is i miss my sister man you know and he was the baby it's she beautiful. was the eldest but they were very close and i know gene dude like he he was the dog uh he was the first person to move from jersey city to the burbs he had a sick pool he had parties where he would do raffle tickets and you would win toys dude it was like That's going, great. dude it was amazing he's wanna, the man i want to get that so going. seeing him like all old and sad you know like it was heartbreaking yeah but it really like at these events, I feel a pull, especially when my dad's in charge, and I obviously am inclined to talk when I want to. I feel like a pull to be like, go say something nice. Everyone will feel good. Like you owe it to the family to to talk right now. Like especially when it's like anybody else, you know, which they did do in anybody else. But first of all, I knew the plan. Like I knew I wasn't technically expected. And number two, and this would be relevant. Gene wrecked me. Like, like we were saying, if it's that big, you were that small. This was like the biggest I had ever felt. And I had no idea why. I could barely talk myself. And I was like, why am I so fucked up? I've known this lady's been dead for so long, but for whatever reason, it hit me super, super hard. So then my dad came around, like was talking to people after people talked, after there was the anybody else and no one said anything. And my dad was like, oh, did you like it? Da, da, da. And talking to me and my brother and sister-in-law, sister-in-law is like, oh, my dad's like, all right, well, thanks for coming. And my sister-in-law was like, that was a sarcastic thanks for coming. Like, we, we, we should have said something and he's mad that we didn't. I was like, I don't really think so. But I didn't want to get in an argument with her. Yeah. But uh, I was like, that, I'm not sure about that. But uh, maybe. 
you know, I don't know. That is kind of, and I did say this, I was like, that is a frustrating thing as an adult to have to overthink everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I share your frustration in that. Because we do feel that. You know, exactly. And she yeah. was, she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not overthinking anything. I'm right. <laughs> you know, and I was like, Interesting she rules, dude. She's from New Jersey. She's like, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's sick. Uh, but so I then was driving to the airport with my mom, just me and my mom. So that's when I was like, I'm going to check this data. So and I was, then she started turning up the radio. <laughs> yeah, dude, I wish. Uh, so I was like, were we supposed to be talking? Like, do you think dad was disappointed that we didn't say anything? And she was like, not at all. Uh, and I was like, I would have, but like Gene really messed me up like big time. And my mom was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, no, I was like so sad, like for whatever reason. And she was like, no, like you and Nanny were like very close. I would say like you were especially close. And I was like, yeah, I always felt that way, like for sure. But, you know, I'm sure everyone feels that way about their grandparent. And then my mom dropped the bomb on me, which is she was like, no, she took care of you while I was hospitalized after you were born, which I was like shocked. But also, and this is the thing where I'm like, I believe in fabricated memories or like not fabricated memories, but like things that you knew but didn't know but kind of knew that you didn't know them or you weren't supposed to know them or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe you don't, but I was like, I always knew there was something in my childhood, uh, but I didn't know what, and I knew it had to do with me. And like any kid, I thought that meant I was bad and that like, it was a, a thing that was bad about me and maybe harmful to people I cared about. And I did know that my mom was in and out of the hospital when I was young, but I had no idea why. Uh, and so as I got older, I was kind of like, that's a mystery to me. But, you know, I just like, I guess I'm kind of like, when it comes to asking my parents about early childhood stuff, it's hard to get stuff out of them directly. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times they'll be like, I don't remember. Uh, but so a lot of times I don't try, but then stuff just comes out. So then I was like, so basically my mom told me she had blood clots in her legs when she gave birth to me, which can kill you. So yeah. it's like very dangerous. It's her life was in danger. So it's like she had to get child separated, like for her own good and for mine. That's the fucked up part, but also the beautiful part that it's like, it was the best thing. Just uh, if you're gonna be in an imperfect bodies, then it's the best thing if you're, you know, if the dice roll goes a certain way. And like I said, dude, this lady had Alzheimer's for the last like 10 years minimum. It's not like she's been out working the, the you know, pounding the pavement. And yeah. she still had a packed memorial. Like this is a special lady. She, to, you could not ask for a better caregiver. Like I know that just from being her grandchild. Uh, so it's like, there's literally nothing to complain about except that, like medicine saved my mother's life. Like that's good. But it left me with a serious wound, I think, uh, that I didn't really understand and that I still don't. And I don't know how much of it is specific to that. Like we talked about when I first found this out because that's the other thing. So when my mom said that, I was like, what do you mean she took care of me? And immediately in my head, I was like, your father was not solo parenting. <laughs> he like promise, no disrespect to him. It was 1983, dude. He was trying to get a law practice going. 
Like, it do- I would have known about it, <laughs> like, already if that's what happened. That didn't happen. That meant you were raised by grandma, like, when life began. You were a grandma kid. And that's why on Life Skills, whenever TC's talking about how the adopted kids who were raised by their grandparents are the most annoying children at Excel. <laughs> I don't know if that's time, a fair I'm representation like, of my hey, comments. Dude, you got to see it from their perspective. <laughs> like, that's why my heart goes out to them, dude, because I'm a grandparent. Kid. My heart goes out to them as well. <laughs> like, I pre- as a grandparent kid, I appreciate that. Yeah. You are. Uh, so it was only a few months, but then I think it was my mom was in and out, which is its own kind of disruption. Uh, yeah. And it's the biggest few months that you could possibly have. I've made this point a lot it's of times. It's not ideal. Yeah, true. I don't think that uh, I've made it here, but I've, I have been just repeating this ever since. Whatever. I was having a conversation with some friends. I, I definitely, I told you about this. That's what I'm thinking of, but it mm-hmm, wasn't recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be useful to repeat. Just uh, my it is buddy. useful to repeat. I repeated this to Nice. Other... Nice. Yeah. My buddy Josh was, we were discussing like uh, childhood memories kind of things. And, uh, you know, someone in the conversation was like, well, that stuff didn't bother. I don't remember it. So it obviously doesn't bother me. And uh, talking about something that happened to them when they were like three or whatever. And I was like, I don't think that's right. And (laughs) Josh was able to give a little bit more like scientific backing to it in the way that he's so good at doing, uh, where he's explaining like, because like before your developing language like language gives context and narrative to your experiences so you still have those experiences though you just like there's nothing to remember there's no like story you can tell yourself about what happened because it's just uncontextualized feelings but you do experience the feelings and they are defining the worldview that you later have like every like that's your first draft understanding of how the world works and any other understandings you have are on top of or rewriting yeah your brain's that. wiring that way yeah like it's yeah. reading it's learning to read the environment that way like the way traumatized kids if you show them a photograph and you be, and you're like what's going on here yeah they will point out all the ways someone could be injured by the things in the photograph like at a higher rate than kids yeah. without traumatic experiences who are like the big one is a guy's working on a car and the traumatized kids are like, dude, you could kick out the, the thing, you know, whatever's holding yeah. up the car, crush that dude's head. And the non-traumatized kids are like, it's nice that they're working on a car together. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like you see the world differently. Yeah, and I don't know. I guess, you I'm know, not saying you saw it that way or anybody else did. I have, I listen, <laughs> I've, I've got like a half hour max before I get divorced. Oh, my bad, so, dude. I no, didn't. Uh, but like, uh, I, I have been meaning to, I would like to do I an episode. I would get divorced for this podcast. At some point in the next, you know, let's just say year. In 2023, could we do an episode? One I mean, more episode in, in 2023. The, in the long 2023. What I'm saying is I like a holiday episode. I'm not saying it'll be, you know, like that's a guarantee. That's, that's, I want to say that's, that's, it's not a right metaphor. That's not a ceiling. It's a floor or something. You that's, just, you can't tell it all from this episode, <laughs> but I have been doing a lot of reflecting I think on you've how grateful I am for like I remember you. I'm said, not yeah. that I like what the thing you're describing of like a traumatized child. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of different kinds of trauma. Yeah, but like like just that we talk so much about like feeling safe. I I was given that, and I have like in talking about like you know 
in this journey, like whenever you come to this stuff at first, you know, you're like, well, this applies to me. This applies to me. This is all good. Like I was fucked up by this, you know, and like, and, and once you like kind of like get through the rush of that, of like understanding all the things I have like come into and like where I stay most of the time now, I think is like a gratitude for the parts that like don't apply. And like, you know, just like yeah. I was given so much, like I, I, I was never worried about my physical safety and that is such like that's that's what fucking 90 percent of it right like it's uh, like i'm just quibbling about i know what you're saying but like it, it's it's so if you don't have that you don't get anything else you know like it's just it's a really big gift to always like that i'm not worried about i don't know what it's like like i you know whenever people the kinds of people you're describing they look at the picture and are yeah. like who could get kicked out like I sometimes have trouble being around them because it's so, because I disagree with them so frequently about that kind of stuff. And like, that's, that's a, like I said, it's a beautiful gift. Like yeah. just not like that, that, that I, that I'm so safe and that I was raised in such a safe environment that like when I encounter people who weren't that I'm like, I have a hard time vibing with this because it's like, funny because the part of me, that's, nothing bad could ever happen to the us. part of me that's rising up right now. It reminded me of two things. Number one, like I'm about to say yes, but mm -hmm. the world is not always safe. And so it is good to recognize of things course, that aren't of safe. Course. Yeah. And it's it can be if you are too but confident. But I like this way. I like how it's egocentric. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But if you're too confident, you can end up paying a price. And those kids learn that. That's why they see the world that way. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. So you are right. And the way that you know that you're right is you wouldn't do that to your kid. You wouldn't be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel right. Even though I can be grateful for the parts of my upbringing that I would not reproduce with my behavior, I would not reproduce them with my behavior. That's why. So there's a difference between recognizing the good side and saying it was a good thing that you should do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to kick out the tire so that my kid learns that that's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to send them into an environment where it might happen without telling them that it's possible. Yeah. You know, and just praying that they learn to trust themselves when their body recognizes it faster than their linguistic like apparatus, because that's where I think you get in trouble if you don't have a transmission experience, if you don't have a father or whoever that tells you you are in charge. If your body tells you you're unsafe, you have to leave. It doesn't matter if you have an explanation. You just have to go. You trust that. That's yeah. now words in their cognitive environment that they might not have if they just thought you have to be able to explain to the authorities what you're doing and why at all times. Like, uh, then you can be like, well, I have to stay here. This is my coach or like whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's a balance and it's tra traumatizing itself to be like, you might be in a situation where you have to leave because your coach gets weird, you know, but you do have to give them a version of that. Like, you know that better than I do. Jesus Christ. I don't want to violate the ban of talking about child molestation. We're in hour three. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I talked about it plenty, and it's just banter. If you're interested, no, in I know. That's what I'm brush. saying. I heard on it's just. Banter, <laughs> I would love to like, fucking break it down here, but we're wrapping up. <laughs> well, I would say in general, all of that stuff. Uh, I do think there's validity into digging through how the past is affecting you, especially if you feel those big feelings. Just as simple as getting out a piece of paper and writing who, what, where, when, why, you know, and just filling in the facts from there. Like, who am I uh, upset about myself and who else? 
what happens when, why am I, you know, what does this relate to, whatever. Uh, but the primary, if you focus on traumatic experiences and experiences where you felt like you were abused or violated in any way, it's very important, especially to me in the present and looking towards the future, if you feel those feelings and you connect them to the past, use that to empower yourself to make sure, you know, that you make as many changes as you can in a way that you're comfortable with. But that's different from staying in the past. Cause I've read, I've been reading, you know, different psychoanalysis books and like related materials. And I can't remember who said this, but it wasn't me, but it resonated with me. That's one of the reasons why I like life skills, but I think it never like took off for anyone who was interested in like every week we just unpack like the, the whatever, the atrocity that we remembered about Excel Academy from 1999 to 2005 or six, or you know what I mean? Like, because the, the guy said, if you like spend your attention focusing on these experiences of being abused or violated, then that will become part of your identity mm -hmm. as like someone who has been and maybe gets abused or violated. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's a you don't want to like fucking stuff it down entirely and just like you don't at all, at dude. It. It well, I also it's like a paradox, but I feel that balance. I don't yeah. like it's, uh, it's yeah. a balance. That's exactly how I would put it. And I would say I put my thumb on the scale for the now, for the present, and the future, and like let's learn what the past is teaching us and what the present and the future are teaching us about the past. Yeah, you know that's like the everybody's quote. Every all art, I feel like, eventually hits it. You got to go back to the beginning, at the end, revisit it for the first time. It's basically cats, dude. See it again for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, dude, that's what Tar is about, dude. You got to see it. It's I'll great. See it. Yeah, I really liked it. Cool. It's uh, that's one. I don't want to do clips on a podcast, but it's a lot about. That like as an audio head, I think you'll like it. Nice. As someone who enjoys the sound world, I, do I don't want to give world. you any spoilers because I know you like to go in pristine. That's correct. Yeah, but I I recommend. I'll see it, it soon. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Cool, anyway, man. great good talking episode. to you. Glad that we were able Happy to do New it. Happy New Year. You as Let's well. Let's make it a great one. Dude. Holiday episode, New Year's episode. Yeah, I lose one. I come back like two, three. Did with four, five. Mm -hmm. Let's do that in two, three, you know? Okay. You got that? That's Big Sean, dude. No, I don't. I'm I lose one, I come back like two, three, did with four, five, dude. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, I, do. I do get that. Dude, Big Sean will hit you with like 10 of those in a row. You're just like, oh, what are you doing, dude? Not really a Big You're Sean You're out guy. of control, dude. Dude, the, uh, anyway, Big Sean is on fire right now. I'm just going to say that. Like twice in the last two true. weeks- I've heard a new Big Sean. One was a feature, and I can't remember where. Uh, and one was on, like, he put out a little EP recently. Both times I was like, this dude is just, he doesn't care anymore. Like, I don't know. He's just like, maybe he's not on top of the world anymore, but the dude is good at rapping, dude, and he's having fun doing it. It sounds good. Big fan. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I hate in the way, standing in the way of that when you put it that way, but... <laughs> I don't think I like listening Dude, to it. How about when Kanye started going crazy and like this time on Drink Champs and Noriega was like, What's your biggest regret? Yeah. And he hit him with signing Big Sean. Yeah, that's great. Dude, Big Sean tweeted, I saw this dude yesterday. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, no, that was the last one he was saying. That ruled. That was dude. the that was the little bit of sanity still in him. <laughs> he had that little grin away. after he said it, dude. That was the devil. That's funny. Dude, he gave himself over to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys uh, at some other time, maybe. God willing. Bye.